molestando con una vipa, me pregunta si te quiero, yo te digo que no estoy lista y no quiero comenzar. No hay nada que empezar. Yo te dejaré atrás. What is up, mi gente? This is Luis Martinez, your co-host. And this episode of Mi Gente Show is called The Real Effects of Feminicide, Feminicidio in Mexico and South America. Once in a while, we have to deal with a serious topic. And feminicidio, feminicide, is something that affects Mexico, Sud America, Centro America, actually affects the whole world. One of the movies we watched at the San Diego Latino Film Festival this year was called Me Mataron Tres Veces, which was a documentary, but also an incredible piece of art directed by Rodrigo Ocelli, who I've met at the festival a few times, his team, Alex Montes, and their incredible DP for this piece, Sandra da Silva. It talks about the real effects of feminicidio, and it deal, it talks about a family that dealt with it, three siblings. It's an incredible piece of art. I highly recommend that if you see it at a local festival, you go check it out and wait for it to be released, I'm assuming, somewhere soon. Um, the first part of this podcast, pretty serious stuff. Um, and we did a good job talking about that. The second half, um, after we interviewed the team, um, we had Rosa on to talk about Barbie, Oppenheimer, and a bunch of other movies we're excited for this spring and summer. And we did tabs, Hellscape, Watch, and all the and all the stuff that you guys are accustomed to. So if you're here for the serious stuff, well, listen to the first part of the show. And if you just want the silly stuff, then skip ahead to after the interview and watch us there or listen to us there. Thank you, everybody, for listening, rating, commenting, um, following, um, tweeting, retweeting, Instagramming, all the good stuff. Thank you for everything. You're helping us sell a lot. We're trying to grow organically, and you guys are helping us do that. So, as always, enjoy the pod. What is up, everybody? It is your boy, Luis Martinez, a.k.a. Big Chief Burrito, live with you on a Thursday. Back to no. our regular, is back it a to Tuesday? Our day. Back to our regular days. Now we're back to Thursday. So oh, it is Thursday. Oh, geez. Oh, my gosh. We're back yeah. at it. Times fly when you're in fun employment. Mm-hmm. Yep, I don't even know what day it is. That's what happened. Um, <laughs> me and this show live and direct from San Diego, California, the Burrito Lounge on mm-hmm. National Burrito Day. Is it really? Yes. Oh, my God. Have you eaten a burrito today? I had one for breakfast. Coincidentally. You know not, what? Oh, my God. I did, too. Not knowing that it was. But then I was at the gym afterwards and I was like, oh, hey. National there must burrito be something day. in the air because same. I had a burrito and I never the, eat burritos. Nine times out of ten, I'll probably have a burrito for breakfast. So I mean, nice. yeah, chances nice. are I was, I was gonna smash it on National Burrito Day. Uh, As you should, if that's your name, you have to live up to it. I got it. I got to live up yeah. to it. All right, me uh, the show uh, live and alive here on a Thursday. We mm-hmm. are going to be live today, and then we're going to be doubling up the next two weeks, Tuesday and Thursday, for the next two weeks at seven p.m. So catch us live. We'll be doing some. We'll be getting ahead of ourselves before Sophia takes yet another vacation. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Unemployment. May, Come on. Although she may be joining us live from someplace in Europe. We're not going to. I'm going to try from Paris. Yeah. We're not. We're not well, I wasn't going to say where you were so people wouldn't be like IRL stream sniping you. But uh, that then. But either way, yeah, she'll be in Paris. Uh, she'll be in Europe. So hopefully she'll be able to join us. But if not, I will uh, find a way to move on. All right. So 
Tonight, we're going to be covering a bunch of topics. We're going to be talking about, uh, later on, we're going to be doing an entertainment segment with our new entertainment reporter. We're going to be making an announcement about that. We're going to mm-hmm. be talking uh, Hellscape Watch, all the shit that's happening here uh, stateside. That's, uh, you know, it's kind of our, our this is fine moment. Uh, we'll be uh, doing all that stuff. Uh, and then we'll also be doing No Namis Way later. And uh, so it's going to be a jam-packed show. But first, um, mm-hmm. our Latin Latinx Latino spotlight this week. <clears throat> excuse me, is going to be with the team of people that um, I was able to meet finally in person. I had met um, our guest, uh, Rodrigo, uh, while the San Diego Latino Film Festival was uh, virtual only. And mm-hmm. he had a film called uh, Las Sanadoras, I believe, that was a documentary, really cool doc. Uh, it's out there in the web burst go watch it and we were able to talk uh shortly we were able to talk about the film virtually during uh, some of the q a's that i did and then uh we're at the uh we we ran into them at this year's festival because they had yeah. a film this year so it's gonna be a it's gonna be a thin line to navigate for me because you know i always like to add the jokes because it is about a serious topic and we're I gonna put remember, our serious caps on yes our serious caps on uh but I do remember when we did speak about Las Sanadoras, um, I asked him a little bit. We talked a little bit about process and asked him how he he found his next subject. And he was like, yeah, you know, I'm starting to do the research and we're going to start putting the team together, blah, blah, for this uh, film about uh, feminicidio. And I was like, wow, OK, that's deep. And I was like, I'm going to be really interested to see how that. And I, then I completely forgot about it. Um, and then when I saw him at the festival and we went to see it, my God, that movie, you know was rough but it also was mm-hmm. very powerful and so we're very happy to bring the team from betas films uh mr rodrigo ocelli yeah hi how are you sophia welcome, luis welcome, <laughs> welcome how are you alex montes thanks for hey. coming on welcome alex you're muted and then a very <laughs> uh uber talented dp who did the movie uh sandra da silva yeah female dps welcome sandra <laughs> No DPs. And she was criticizing my lighting in here earlier, so I'm okay. <laughs> you need a light, man. You need a ring light. I need a ring light. Oh, okay. Mine is up as well. That's mm-hmm. right. Yeah. All right. So, uh, Rodrigo, Alexandra, thank you very much for being on the show. Um, the movie um, is about a very important topic. You know, it's obviously something mm-hmm. that's super relevant, not only in Mexico, but in Central America, Sud America, all over the world, you know. Feminicidio. I remember when we spoke, Rodrigo, while you were promoting Las Sanadoras, that you told me about that. And that was, I think, three years ago. Um, can you tell me um, how you put that team in place and then how kind of, you know, um, how much of a weight is on your shoulders when you're going to make a movie about such a such an important, such a deep topic? Well, first of all, thank you guys for having us. And well, since since the last time we met, Luis, I started making the research about femicides in Mexico. And during, I, w- I was already in the research like three months already when I came across uh, an Italian journalist that told us about uh, a testimony of a, of an orphan due to femicide that her name was Isanji. And at that moment, you know, it, it clicked me that it was incredible that I was making research about femicide and I wasn't aware about the orphans. 
So it was like a like a red flag for us. I we were able to track the, uh, Angie. We finally met her, and and from that the the research of the documentary changed completely, and we focus on the story of Angie and her two brothers, Beto and Rodrigo. And as we started making the research, we found that this is a huge, huge, huge problem. Oh, currently in Mexico, we have the, well, it's a, it's a terrible reality. Every single day, 11 women are murdered by femicide in our country. And by 11 women that are murdered every day by femicide, more or less we have around 2.2 well around two to three children of of that are left in orphanhood so we have around another 11 children every day left in orphanhood due to femicide in in mexico so when we when you see the study the statistics you know it's it's impossible to to dimension the you know the size of the problem here in Mexico, I think we have a another big problem that we we kind of normalize already violence and everything that goes around it. So you know, people Mexicans in the street they hear about oh, eleven women are victims of femicide every day. Oh, the orphans. Oh, the narco. Or that we I think we don't we don't sit down and realize how big this problem is. And and the, the saddest part is that. Almost nobody's making anything to stop it. Mm -hmm. It was until recent years, and by recent years, we are talking two years, one year at the most, that the authorities in Mexico actually, you know, they put this, the spotlight in the subject. But this is happening like so many, so many years back. So it's it's like uh, like you saw at the end of the documentary. There's a there's you know a a small paragraph of information that nowadays the amount, the, the exact number, the official number of, of orphans due to femicide in Mexico is completely unknown. So imagine it's it's so big that not even the authorities know how many orphans are, are out there. They they don't they don't have track of anyone. They know that you know most of them, you know, they became well, they go to, you know, to, to the narcos, they became sicarios, they are in street, you know, situation. The the life expectancy is very low. You know, it's it's a big, big problem. So for us making a documentary about this, I think it was, you know, I can speak for the team uh, telling you this. It was a huge opportunity to to show first the, the Mexican public to tell you, hey, you, you can we cannot normalize this. This is not normal. This is this needs to stop. And then, of course, I mean, the documentaries and, and films in a, in a wider way, the, the, you have the advantage that you can take these stories and take them to a global audience. So I think it's going to be, you know, San Diego Latino Film Festival was our first stop in our festival circuit. But I think it's going to be really, really interesting to see how, how, how many audiences around the world react to this situation. And, you know, and we are just glad that we we get to do the documentary and you know we are so grateful to these three brave siblings you know that they at the end they yeah. decided to share their story because it's a it's a tough one as you saw yeah absolutely what um <clears throat> a couple of follow-ups on, on that because um 
you know, I, I and you know, I'm, I'm big chief burrito, but everybody, you know, the, I'm Colombian, right? So I'm a Colombiano from Medellin, and I do find a lot of kinship with Mexicans from Tijuana and other parts because of the fact that that we we have very similar experiences with uh, with narcotrafico and with with violence and stuff like that. So I understand, you know, the um, having to fight against the, the the general public in these places that might be jaded to this violence that might that might think what's another. You know, what's another dead person? What's another dead kid and stuff like that? So I understand you fighting you're 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 sort of fighting like an uphill battle to sort of put this in front of people and say that you can't normalize it before you found the reporter and before you found the story specifically about this family. Did you envision the film being much different? Was it going to be more of like an ABC documentary with facts? Because you also had I think you had a, a brilliant blend of the stories the imagery, the artistry mm -hmm. of the imagery, the poetry, but also facts. And I think that's a very tough balance. Before you found the subject and that inspiration, was the film going to be more of a traditional documentary or, or where was the film headed before, before that change? You know, you, Luis, you got the chance to see Las Sanadoras. Las Sanadoras, our last film was like ABC, like you say. So, for for this documentary even even when on early stages it was going to be about femicide i i already made the decision that i wanted to make it was such a, a dark and tough subject but i wanted to make a beautiful film and i and i tried so hard to you know to reach a balance because i didn't want to address the subject in a you know in a like in a bad manner or you know I didn't want people crying in camera or you know stuff like that that some documentary some documentaries do. So since the beginning, I had a very clear picture that I wanted to make, even though the subject was dark, like I told you, I wanted this to be a beautiful film. I wanted to be, you know, beautiful in all the ways possible. You know, you have the music, you have the photography, you have, you know, the these like fantasy narratives inside the documentary. So I didn't in early stages, I didn't have, uh, you know, like a clear image of the, all the elements. But since the beginning, I wanted to do something different to, to make it feel more, more like a film. And so people have like a cinematic experience more than they will say like, ah, I saw a documentary. I wanted people to really embrace a film and say like, wow, I, you know, it was, this was like a, a complete experience, like a film, you know, yeah, yeah. To, like to take off the label of documentary. Did you um, did you happen to see the uh, the four ninety nine documentary the um, which is uh, yes. which was yes it sort of yeah, gave yeah, me a little Rodrigo. yeah yeah it was it was it gave me a little bit of that because it was the the facts and the story with this fantasy with this reality with with this thing so well go watch that one if you haven't seen that as well the four ninety nine another really yeah, good yeah it's in, in Amazon. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, that, that that's a, that's an excellent one. Um, so then you have your team here. Obviously, we're going to talk about the visuals, which were stunning, They're and there amazing. were some there were some shots there that 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 had me crying and wetting my pants. Uh, <laughs> but then, you know, you have you have Alex uh, here, your your teammate producer. You know, here, uh, what when during the process of the film finding its legs, what is your role in supporting Rodrigo once this sort of story? you know, reveals itself. What is, what is your role in that process? And, and did you have any, did you at any point fight back from making it toe centric to one, to one, to one family, or were you all on board with, with this path that the film takes? 
Well, yeah. Uh, well, again, uh, I, w- I was muted, so <laughs> thank you for having us again. <laughs> and uh, but yeah, uh, well, Rodrigo and I uh, are co-founders of Beta Films. We have been working together for twenty years, and and we uh, do in the side the company so so much together. And uh, the idea inside is always like also with the Sanadoras and and the projects. Like we always have had our eye in the documentary. Uh, as a way of us from our trench to be able to speak about the topics that we find relevant, that we are trying to raise awareness and to try to make, uh, uh, well, our contribution to the different causes that we think that uh, we can we can put something from from our heart and from our work to to be able to do something about it. And when we were, uh, Rodrigo was, was telling me the story about yeah, the femicide and we, we said that yeah, we need to do something around this topic. But yeah, we were oblivious about as many people is uh, about the situation of the orphans and all the indirect victims around it. And so the moment when Rodrigo was, was uh, telling me about this, we said like immediately we felt, you know, that click, that towing that is like, yeah, it should be about them. Absolutely. And uh, it was... Uh, from my side, uh, well, the first thing is absolutely to uh, support in in any way that we can uh, to to put the vision with a team that we have also been well, gathering throughout the years. Because, for example, uh, the, the music also has been done by by Esperanza and Josefa de Velasco that work also with us in Las Sanadoras. And we were really clear that also we wanted to have a, a, a female uh, DP, for example, uh, that now Sandra, we, we will we will give her her view on it. But we're really clear that we wanted as as much women uh, participating in the in the film. And also uh, speaking with Rodrigo, that we believe that nowadays the genres are being kind of like diluting and mixing, and not necessarily we are stuck into the same thing as the Talking Head, as the A to A to C ABC documentary and that for us also in, in, in beta films in the company, we can start to just go and do film. And this happens to be ab- about real life and it's in a, in a documentary. But as Rodrigo said, the idea is that it feels like a full full film that makes you feel, that makes you think, and, and also that you have an aesthetic experience. And the idea here is that to stretch the the possibilities of of the what it was just like the classic uh, resources that people use and try to to stretch it uh, a, a bit more. So uh, from my side is is that, and then also uh, in in my role also was besides producing it was uh, editing the film. So uh, we could have like a really close work on on an input on how uh, the message could be delivered in a very respectful, beautiful, but also like really powerful and emotional way. And for that also, Sandra was a key element for for us to bring not just uh, like the division Rodrigo had, but also like these, these beautiful visuals that you can appreciate there. Yeah, absolutely. And I, uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let you, Sophia, have a couple of questions here in a second. But I wanted to just jump into to, to the DP position here because, uh, you know, like I said, I was watching the movie and you go in thinking, you know, this is a, a this is the 
complete opposite of the type of movies I make. It's like, (laughs) it really is. And I always say, and I always say, you know, we don't make important movies. We just make movies that can take your mind off the stuff that makes you laugh, makes you think, (laughs) make you have a little fun. But I understand, but, and, and that's why I do the, I can read a showcase because I like that because there's so many important movies about important topics. And I'm glad there's people like you and your team that are carrying the load and making these important movies, but also making them accessible. Um, And then as somebody who loves documentaries, who like, you know, I can watch, you know, Grizzly Man or The Act of Killing or uh, The Look of Silence or anything by Oppenheimer or anything like that. And I can, I just, I I absorb, uh, you know, ever since the Basketball Diaries, I mean, not the Basketball Diaries, uh, Hoop Dreams. um, Mm -hmm. You know, and I've always wanted to make a serious documentary and, you know, and 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 there's this thing about making documentaries where you where there's this theory that once you put the camera on somebody, you change their you change their environment. So they're no longer being truthful. So there's so many things that that go into it. But my God, these these visuals, these 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 poetry with music in the in the desert, these these shots of these people going about their lives. And then, and then, and I've said, I said this during the Q and a for your film, these door open close-ups yeah. pushing shots, like the meta shots with you guys in the interview room. Like seriously, <laughs> beautiful. I, oh I was gosh. like, seamless blowing my mind. Up. I was like, all I know is, <laughs> all I know is don't shoot against the flat wall. You know, and, and then you guys are taking this to this level. So I got to give Sandra her flowers here because, mm-hmm. I think it was important that you guys had a female DP for this and that you gave her impact, but Sandra, lo mataste. Like, like, thank Like, like I, I'm so appreciative. I think you guys hit a home run with that. Mm-hmm. Can you, can you tell us a little bit about, you know, how many, how much freedom you had in, in setting up those shots from Rodrigo and Alex and, and, and how that, that collaborative process once was, once they brought you onto the film. Well, thank you. Thank you for your wonderful words. Um, I'm really and really happy you like it and like everybody that saw it at the festival liked it as well and well um it's the first time i work with rodrigo is the first project together and to me it looked like we have been working forever (laughs) it was so easy Uh, it was relaxed it was a really good ambience which is really really important to have especially with a really tense and complicated subject so I was, yeah, it was really, really happy, easy for me to work in that environment. And um, Rodrigo had really clear what he wanted. So that was easier for me because he really knew what was what was he looking for and everything. But at the end of the day, he gave me the creativity of lighting and, and everything else. So, so, yeah, he gave me a lot of things to play around Uh I suggested some stuff. He liked the ideas, put them in on board with the, the project. Some other ideas was like, oh no, just keep it that way. And, and yeah, I don't want to. I don't know. It was really, <laughs> it was really fun. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I'm really happy he gave me that freedom. I mean, one of the hardest things for me was to make it look so natural and inviting, and you know, sleek in a yeah. kind of way. Um, because otherwise you you wouldn't be able to feel. I mean, it has a, a bit of fantasy in the documentary. So if you kept doing like really crazy stuff with really crazy lenses or flares or whatever, I think it was gonna take you out of the story. But if we put it 
you know, like really simple and really naturalistic. I think that's what what really um, helps the word, you know, the, the the story to be told, and and people feel feel really involved and engaging in it. I couldn't decide whether 100%. the the, pu- the push in shots were my favorite or the, the or the little vignettes of the kids playing and running around the house, or you would, <laughs> yeah. or you would catch them in the window and then you would bring them back and then come up to them on the second story. It was it was all flawless, or the the dance segments as well in mm-hmm. in, in that you know, and even just the the. Sp- the talking head interviews were here. All right, guys, we are live here with the team from Me Mataron Tres Veces. Um, they were uh, one of the featured documentaries that San Diego Latino Film Festival this past year. They will be in multiple film festivals, I would imagine, during their run this year. So if you hear about it coming to your town, go check it out. Uh, follow Rodrigo and Alex uh, on Instagram and Twitter. You can follow Betas Films. Um, let's play the trailer before we uh, before we keep going forward. Is that all right? Yeah, go for it. Yeah, sure. sure. Nos volvimos difíciles de ver Porque somos incómodos de ver Porque nuestro dolor es el resultado de lo que no funciona en la sociedad. Si son asesinadas 11 mujeres todos los días en México y asumimos que la mitad de ellas son mamás, ¿dónde están esas niñas y niños? Cada feminicidio en este país está dejando el dolor por año a 3.000, 4.000 niñas y niños en esta situación. Nos quedamos solos, tres hermanos, sin apoyo de ningún tipo. Huérfano, de madre y padre el mismo día. Nos toca a nosotros contar qué fue lo que pasó. Mi nombre es Angelique. Mi nombre es Beto. Mi nombre es Rodrigo. Estoy huérfano porque estoy All right. Oof, I love that. Yeah. yeah. Oof, just, and, and with, <laughs> I can't get with, enough. Without, without, without spoiling the film, because, you know, it's, it's basically, um, it's, 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 it's a study about, you know, a dissection of uh, feminicidio and how it affects, you know, how each time, you know, a woman is murdered, if they have children, you know, what mm-hmm. they brought to society that gets, you know, she lives ordered. And in this particular family is uh, this family that the, these three kids are victims Uh, of their mother being murdered and it's about their life about their it's not necessarily like a gruesome retelling of it but it is how it affected their lives and how it separated them yeah um so you have the you have the story you have the topic um so I, i'll ask Rodrigo one more question and then i'll, I'll let sofia uh go here but mm-hmm. um but can you tell us a little bit because because there's like i said there's the topic there's the importance of it then there's the subject matter So when you're approaching this family and you realize that you're going to, you know, focus on them in the film, once you get all the permissions and stuff, how careful are you not to trigger them? And and I know there's a there's there's like a good there's a good story that you told us about how, you know, they were separated, but then this actually brought them closer together. But what kind of steps do you take 
from a logistical standpoint, from like a, you know, from like a compassionate standpoint, when you're focusing on this particular family and these three individuals? Well, first of all, it, it took us about a year, you know, uh, making Zoom meetings. I mean, the, all the research uh, was made during the, you know, during COVID times. So we, everything was Zooms and Zooms. But I think the, the most important thing about making these kind of documentaries is you need you need to understand that the you know the other person is a is a human being. I know it sounds like obvious, but you need to under, you know you need to understand that you do not own their story. You need to you need to be respectful and have a lot of empathy and understand that you you need to make them comfortable and make them know that you're going to make you're going to treat the story, you know, with with heart, with courage, with and you you're not going to you know to portray them in a you know, in a, like a, like a, in a gore way or something. Mm -hmm. So I think it was, you know, it's, it's a long process. I, I, I live this process in, in my other two documentaries. And I think it's about, you know, you need to be human. I mean, you need to, to get in touch with your emotions. You need to listen. I think the most important advice, it will be, you need to actually sit down and listen to the other person. You need to listen to their pain, listen to their story, because that's the only way you're going to connect with them. That's the only way you're going to actually learn from them. And actually, it's going to give you like a mind map of how you're going to tell the story. And I think during this process, it's it's normal. You start to get, to get trust, mm -hmm. you know, and they start trusting you. You trust in them also. And, and you know, it's, it's like a one day, you know that the box is already mm -hmm. open. You know, and when the box opens, you know, they, they put all their, all their emotions, their story, they're in the table. And they actually have, have so much confidence in, in you that they tell you, here's my story. I'm trusting you with this, my treasure, to do the best we can. So we can, you know, one, one thing that the three siblings keep telling me, you know, one time and another time, it was the one of the main reasons we are, we are sharing our story is because we do not want this story to repeat mm -hmm. again. Uh, we believe that if we make this documentary, people see it. I hope we can spare some kids out there from, from living this awful reality. So I think it's it's a process and it's a long one. I mean, uh, at the end of the day, as as you saw the trailer, this is a this is something a hard topic to to speak of. So yeah, it's you know it's about connecting. Honestly, there's no there's no other way around it. I think it did an ama a phenomenal job at it. I mean, they really trusted you with their story and it, it paid off. I think you did a, a great job at respecting it. So kudos, kudos to you. Um, <laughs> I do I do have a question because I, I loved... So I, first of all, I went into this very blind. I had no idea. Well, I knew a little bit of the topic. But I didn't, uh, I wasn't prepared to see how impactful it would be and how it would be the three stories of siblings that were separated because of feminicidio. And I know in the Q&A, you told us a little bit about their stories and I was very shocked to find that they were living very separate lives. Um, could you tell us a little bit yeah. about Angie, Beto and Rodrigo, just kind of like how this project came about with all three of them? You know, uh, one of one of the most beautiful things about the film that, you know, Alexandra and I, we were talking in San Diego is 
I'm going to jump ahead and then answer your question. But I, the, sure. the most beautiful thing is after their mother femicide, the three siblings, they, they were sent to live with different family members. Sadly, mm-hmm. you know, each, each of the siblings, they face different realities, you know, and, you know, Beto, Beto became almost like homeless since a very young age. Angie also, she, she had to, you know, to leave the house she was assigned for because, you know, they have like this ideology crash. And Rodrigo, the small one, he, he went with, with her aunt, with his aunt, and, you know, he had another story. But the worst part is that they, they didn't have, they didn't even have time to, to grieve together, you know, so, so, so shortly after after the femicide, they got separated, and from that, you know, years pass and years pass and years pass, and it was, you know, they they used to see each other, but you know, like every like a hundred years, you know, they <laughs> they they kind of stay in touch, but they was they they didn't have like a, a really like a siblings relationship, and the, one of the most beautiful things about the documentary is it was on April on April of twenty twenty one when we sat down with them in a cafe in Coyoacán, in Mexico City. And it was the first time they, they, that they saw each other in years. And it was so, so emotional, the, you know, the, the, the meeting. And the meeting wasn't, it wasn't even about the documentary. These guys were like, you know, so happy and hugging and taking pictures. And after we finished the documentary, this is really, this is a, like, the, like, like the nice part of the story. They spent their first Christmas together in years, more than a decade. And and the three of them, when we showed them the documentary in in December of 2022, we made a private screening with them. And, you know, the the three siblings told us, I don't know what is going to happen with the documentary, but we already won. Look at us. We're together again. So Uh, it's, (laughs) you know, uh, that's it's. That's heartwarming. (laughs) I know, I know. That 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 part is beautiful, and you know about. I I think there's there's one thing in the documentary that you know not many people might catch it, but if you really analyze the narrative, at the end of each segment of each sibling, the three of them end up in a high place. If you analyze, Angie ends up in the Latino Tower in Mexico City. Beto ends up in the in the top of the the mountain. mountain. Yeah. And Rodrigo ends up in the top of the World Trade Center in Mexico. Oh my God. Why? Because this is uh, like a hidden message that I wanted to portray them as warriors, not as victims. Mm -hmm. These guys, you know, they are standing on the top of the world and they are fighters. And I didn't want to the audience to feel pity for them. I wanted to see them and look at them like an example, not not like victims. Absolutely. I mean, that is really empowering. The fact also that they were able to move forward after tragedy. Um, I just really love the fact that you spotlit um, the the orphans of, you know, people that are, you know, the victim, the true victims of feminicidio, which are obviously the kids that are left alone um, and behind. So that was that was amazing. I really, really, really enjoyed the film. Um, my thing when it comes to the topic of feminicidio is like in Mexico, I don't know, I don't know about you guys, but for me, it's always the statistic of like, no sé, como que siempre lo hacen ver como que tiene algo que ver con los narcos o algo así. 
And we don't really talk a lot about just like the violence, the the domestic violence, because at the end of the day, their mother did pass from domestic violence, right? Um, does is that due to the machismo in our culture, and how like what can we do about it moving forward? Is that something that? And I want to I want to get um, everyone's opinion on this. What can be done to kind of mediate this crisis? Well, one, you know, I, I just comment this and let Alex and Sandra talk about this more, but. If you remember in the interview to to Dr. Fabiola Lanis, you know that she is the director of Conabim, mm. the institution in Mexico. She she says it like really clear. The the femicide doesn't happen from you know from day to night. It doesn't go that way. Femicide is you know it's it's like this this small uh, the, well she uses the word micro machismos. Mm-hmm. You know these 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 small conducts. You know that they start to get to get bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. So, but the 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 main the main root of this is we we cannot justify the the act of violence. Femicide is still is still the the murder of a woman just by the, well, just for the fact of being a woman, and we we cannot take that off the table. So there because like you said. Some some media they are trying to justify the act, no? Like, oh, mm-hmm. it's narcos, it's trato de blancas, it's blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. No, I mean, more than eighty percent of femicides, it's just that it's it's a uh, an insecure man, you know, for any reason that he found that day that he commits femicide. And uh, and as you saw at the end of the film, the 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 case of these three siblings, their family was a normal family. I mean, they, they, there wasn't any any previous signs like, ah, oh, this guy is crazy, or he was in jail previously, or he was mixed with, I don't know, with with organized crime, or nothing, nothing. This guy had a regular job, you know. They were like a in a in a like an apparent normal family, and look where he ended. So that's how femicide happens. It's that's that's you know that's the. That's the biggest challenge. How you how do you stop this? And in our experience, we we've been we talk about it a lot. Is we need to re-educate, reprogram, and our our younger men in society. Mm-hmm. I think, in my opinion, that's the only way to you know to actually have a a, a substantial change. Alex, Sandra. Yeah, feel yeah. free to chime in if you have something. <laughs> Yeah, uh, uh, you want to go first, uh, Sandy? And sure, thank you. <laughs> um, yes, I think it's something. It's really tough. I mean, we have been living like this for for many centuries. Yeah. So, so it is really tough. I mean, the culture in Mexico is really much driven, so it has to take change. So we do really need to change the culture we live in. As, as Rodrigo said, also education is really important in order to do that. In order to change mm-hmm. the culture, we need to educate ourselves. Uh, we need to respect one another, but truly respect just because we are human beings, not because anything else. Because once people start like labeling other, other people and, you know, like doing some stuff, discriminating, discrimination is so big as well in our country that all those conducts of violence 
bring more violence. And as well, it's really sadly, but see what's there, what's in Netflix, what's in the news, what's in in all the platforms, Amazon or wherever. They, there's so much violence, story stories of violence all the time that how come people are not going to be violent? I was hearing a, a news uh, the other day of a little kid in China that pushed another kid inside a well just because she saw it in a, in a, in a TV series. So oh. that's insane, you know, because we, we tend to re- replicate what we see. So we, we keep on seeing violence and we're going to keep on being violent towards everybody. Another thing that is really important is believing, you know, believing in the victims, believing what is happening because people always like, at least here and in Latin America, I think it's really, it's really common to hear saying, oh, he, he touched me. And they were like, oh, yeah, but you were wearing a skirt, isn't it? Or mm-hmm. what were you wearing? What did you do to him for him to touch you or, or to him to yeah. whistle you? It's like... You know, it's just, you don't do anything. You just are, and that's it. But just people are like, no, it's your fault. It's your fault. So if you keep on saying that it's a fault of the women because of doing something, just being, so how come, how are you going to be able to protect the woman if you're just re-victimizing, I don't know, sorry, I cannot pronounce that word in English. Victim blaming, sort of. Exactly. Victim yeah. blaming, you know? So how can you help them? And there's so many stories in, in Mexico of uh, women that actually went to the police, say, put a restraining order, to, order to, towards their partner, but the police didn't pay any attention. They were like, oh, no, 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 it didn't, and, and the, the restraining order didn't go through. And two days, three days later, they were found dead. You know, like it's, it's insane because the, 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 the police people don't really believe it. So how come? I mean, I'm going to become a little bit political here, but during the pandemic, our president come, came to, to the TV. He, he, gives, he gives every morning speeches about how the country is coming. And during the pandemic, of course, the, the violence against women grew so much. Yeah. A lot because, of course, of the tension in, in the houses. And, and he said it wasn't true. Like, those calls were not true at all. And it's like, well, if, if you're already saying it's not true, how can you help? How can you do something against us being, you know, being violated, being raped, being murdered, being abused in any kind of way if you just don't believe the victim? So it's mm-hmm. it's really tough. Uh, we have to be educated, and we have to be to, to do a really big big change of view and and understand how how important it is to respect one another. I don't know. So, sorry, I got <laughs> no, no. It's a, listen. Good it's a answer. Good answer. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And and adding to to what Sandy and, and Rodrigo say, uh, and they're like the the messages we wanted to also uh, to highlight from from these three siblings from from Angie, Beto, and Rodrigo. Uh, first of all, uh, is like yeah, we speak about education, but best part of uh, the, the first part of this education is to being able to recognize violence. And violence is coming from very different uh, medias, very different uh, channels. And violence can be restricting uh, the, the the wife or the or the person or the or the couple or the women restricting them uh, financially. 
or maybe just like words like the, we we put it like this this big uh, thing that is called me mataron tres veces that it was killed three times because the first time that you are killed is the moment where violence appear at home and violence mm -hmm. are bad words it can be cursing it can be like big displays or or or, or not that big but displays of of a moment in which you are doing that transgression of the integrity of a person that you see as instead of seeing as uh, as a woman full human being you are seeing as a woman attached to a gender role that that's very mm -hmm. important like women should do this women should be doing that and the man should be doing this or that and that's very important because that's one one thing that instead of of putting the the view on this is a person that has the same rights as everybody is like no she's not a person she's not a name she's a woman but it, but sometimes even people like saying like a woman like an animal or like an yeah. you know like in a very property. very uh, property like yeah mm -hmm. objectify so yeah yeah that, that, that's what's first thing <laughs> so to be able to recognize violence and if you are listening to certain music and the music is like yeah my my cars and my bitches and uh, i don't know like all this kind of rhetoric well you're starting to promote violence there and if, if you are objectifying a woman in the way you see her if you the way you are in your instagram just like well you're kind of like violating the, the idea of that that's a full human being and you're just seeing like a body or like some like an object again so the information about violence that's very important Another thing is the, the strengthening of institutions. And that's a problem in Mexico that because of the high, high, and also Mexico and Latin America in many places where the women are very vulnerable are places where they have a high, high, high corruption uh, levels in which the institutions are weakened. So the power is in people, like in the president or in the politician or in the husband or in the in, in the in the man so that is something that gets grip on the women that sometimes don't know uh, they don't have anywhere to go so the institutions as they were saying like there should be refuges there should be like institutions that can protect the woman financially uh, with uh, psychological aid with many different opportunities so she is not dependent on the on the perpetrator she's not mm -hmm. dependent on the situation at her home and there is a, a really uh, sad moment in the in the documentary that tells how she was uh, the the mother of these three siblings probably at some point but she was uh, even more successful more financially stable and she was just like trying to get as much um like foundations for for her children and the moment she could be able to afford the place or something she was murdered so uh that's that's one one important thing and the other one is the communication and silence is something that it's really cooking it's a broth that cooks violence like mm -hmm. people feel that you cannot speak about what is happening at your home uh, you cannot speak with a friend or with someone that you feel safe that you can say oh I don't think this is right. My husband or my partner or whatever is treating me in certain ways, telling me certain things. Well, you, there should be certain places where you can talk about it. But in this, in the, also in the, in the holistic part of, of the problem is that men cannot speak in, in this also like macho rhetoric, cannot speak about their emotions, cannot speak about their insecurities and how they feel. And uh, Beto is uh, really great uh, example of how someone that got into a really strong 
view of, of like a really, I'm going to protect my family via my physical strength and I'm going to work out and I'm going to look like, I mean, sometimes you, you see, you see Beto. I mean, he's a, he's a really good looking guy, but he's like, you know, like very, tattoos. all the tattoos and he yeah. looks tough, you know, but he, he, in the inside is like, we need to, to be able to be a little bit more vulnerable and to be a man that can hug, that can speak with other men. And that's something that we really wanted to portray in the, in the documentary that we men also, like men need to be taken care of by other men, by fellow men, that, that also we can make that safe space in which say, dude, I'm feeling this, I'm feeling that. And you are not feeling that you're going to be bullied or, or frowned upon, or you're going to be the weak and the CC because because that generates frustration and frustration eventually goes to violence again. Mm -hmm. So it's very important to have that, that space for, for men to, to be able to communicate and to have that information. So that's part of the, of the messages that I think that will also help us to, to end up uh, with end up the, the, end up the violence. And finally, compassion, compassion that to understand that everybody's going through something that everybody's life is complicated and the way we treat the one that we have next to, to our shoulder, the one that we have next to each other. And that's something really interesting on the documentary because you see one day in the life of the siblings and you don't know, like when you see Rodrigo in the, in the metro just walking, well, maybe next time that you are in the metro or in the bus or something and you see someone that bumps into your shoulder or something that, well, you never know what's happening to that person. You never know that maybe that person just went into a terrible tragedy and you're just actually being an asshole to someone that needs caring. So, well said, Alex. Compassion. Whoa. Definitely. Yes. Mic yes. drop. There you go. There you go. Hey, I think you, I think you said it all. I think you said it all. Uh, listen, look, uh, we're live here with a team from Beta Films. Uh, Me mataron tres veces. You're going to be able to see it in various festivals. I'll let you, I'll give you a, a second, Sandra, in a second. I just want to thank you, everybody, for joining us. Uh, if you are joining us live, go ahead and hit that like button. Go ahead and share the stream. Make sure you're subscribed and all that good stuff. Dizzy Ms. Mm -hmm. Lizzie, thank you for stopping by. You're yes. always good here. Pablo M, stopping by. Thanks for stopping by. Pablo. Claudia. Claudia, thank you. Says, thank you for all speaking out about this. Thank you for stopping yeah. by, Claudia. Rodrigo says, saludos al equipo. Rodrigo, thank you very much for, st for stopping <laughs> by today. Um, as um, I'm not, I'm not, I don't want to push back on anything that you said. I do feel that, that when you start talking about a little bit about like um like like music and and it starts getting really close to that like video games cause violence sort of sort of kind of theme that i'm not really everything else that you said i think is 100 percent spot on but i think that i think that we still need to allow ourselves something to blow off steam you know a lot of the people that listen to that type of stuff are all women love that type of music as well so i think it's a little that would be the only area that i would give you like the most tiniest bit of pushback on um as a as a reformed machista uh you know because you know like you know i'm, I'm colombian you're growing. i grew up with you know me sitting on the couch and my female cousins going to the kitchen and and I and I grew up with very very machista related thoughts that I had to unlearn. So I think that that's the the biggest takeaway uh, that I get from what you were saying, Alex, which is yeah. that that men need a space to be able to be vulnerable and to be able to question what they learn from their older siblings, their cousins, their friends. Where it's like, nah, esta es la manera que tratas el amor, you know, like 
you know, that all the misogynistic jokes and stuff that you get taught as a kid. And when you're a kid, you're moldable and you love your mom, you love your sister. So you don't really feel that way. You don't really, you're not born a misogynist. You're not born machista, but you get all this influences from your older friends at school, your older cousins. And then you start to think like, well, maybe that's how I'm supposed to be. It's like, if you want to get a woman, you have to treat her like this. And then you have to do this. And, you know, and that's like, you know, in this culture, it's also in, you know, in, in American culture and, uh, you know, Eastern cultures, a lot of the different cultures, it's, you know, it's different sides of the same coin, so to speak. And if you say that 11 women get murdered every day in Mexico, then multiply that by South America, multiply that by the U.S., multiply that by Saudi Arabia, you know, um, yeah. and, 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 and stuff like that. And it becomes this epidemic. So, you know, if we're, if we're focusing on, on single sub issues that have immense rippling effects, um, across all things, this is, this is a major one because we're killing our mothers, our sisters, our cousins, and, 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 and the ripple effects are affecting all segments of society. So while we're having, you know, a serious chat about, an individual topic, it, the the gravity of it, the the size of it is what really floors me. So, mm-hmm. I want to thank you guys again for for making this documentary and 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 for and for taking that step as men, um, as a production team to 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 really be vulnerable and to put that out there. So, yeah. let me just let me just get that out there, Sandra. <laughs> Sandra, I know you wanted to say something. Let me let Sandra go, and then Sophia, you can. Keep yeah, going. I wanted to add something, and uh, that Alex said, but you also said, so it's good you made me wait, because I mean, one of the hardest things ever is actually to see the violence, to actually realize that maybe we are being violent or we are being subject to violence, because as you said, we we grew up in this uh, Latin American culture. Uh, that brings a lot of machismo since since really old old days. So you you're you live there, you know. Here in Mexico, it's a little bit of common just to see mur- women being murdered. You know, like it becomes so natural that some people just don't pay attention anymore because oh yeah, another person, yeah, another woman, and ah, because it, it becomes so yeah, so normalized. And so it's hard to see the violence. I mean, and and then some, and then it becomes the the the, the hard part where people are saying, "Oh yeah, but you are the, the the dumb girl because he was hitting you and you never did anything." It's like, mm-hmm. yeah, but I never, you know, or, or, or said something bad to you. I I I, ha- I was in a really bad relationship for a really long time, and. And whenever we were going to parties, he will say to me, oh, you cannot talk to any men because if a man comes to you and speaks to you, it's because he wants to, to fuck you. Uh, and, and then I was just like, I thought he was protecting me. And I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, I won't take, talk to any, anybody because they want, you know, like. And then I realized, like, no, he was just being so macho driven, mm-hmm. not allowing me to be and just like really pushing me back and really being violent with words, but I, I never saw it, you know, like I, I truly never saw it. But, and that's the hard part to realize when the person is starting to getting violent because it becomes, it starts with little things like that. And then it becomes with money as, as Rodrigo said it. Uh, and then it becomes to, to punches or whatever, or just mm-hmm. like pushing and then it becomes to murder. 
you know, like when we we didn't feel like the men cannot feel they don't they they, they can control the woman, then then it's it's the killing. But how come we can open the eyes if the society that we live in is just so hard on us because that's what we have lived in through so many years. So we have that's that's the hard part of the education that we need. It's just like to open to the little things of oh, I just did a, a really misogynist uh, joke, uh, so let's stop it. Oh, I just did this, so I'm, I'm going to stop it. So we realizing it and stop it. But Hard. Yeah, and, and I love that. Yeah, yeah, and 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 yeah, definitely. I, I am with you, Luis. With the thing is like, yeah, th- those are not causes, and I am absolutely with with you. I mean, I love video games, and I love, I know the violence, and it can, but to, just to be able to to understand that, like, where does all this come from, no? And and just because all this is just like the the diet is not just what you eat, but also what you see and what you hear, and all. It's just like the just to be mindful that that is like oh for us we may be like very into this and, and as you say yeah many women and many men in this right context in, in in this music and it's fine and it's music and it's it's, it's perfect so but but it's it's not uh, going there and I'm, it's not about censorship at all because i i also believe that censorship is something that is really that really uh, damaging because in 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 the other hand is actually we need to be, have all the voices heard and and uh, the safe space also needs <clears throat> to be open for everybody to feel clear that they can speak their mind and they have a right to be uh listened to and and even though it's something that your opinion or the opinion of somebody else is not your opinion well good fine we can have a dialogue and i think that's that's a problem of nowadays culture that cancels and and just like it's kind of like just mm-hmm. like trying to shut down voices and i think it's on, on the contrary we need to hear the, everybody and then start to see where we can build and where we cannot uh, but yeah absolutely i think that that idea of just being able to identify where if if i am identifying in that kind of behavior and you see like oh i want to keep on doing this if that resonates with me well i i might find people that, and that are into that world but if it's not resonating with you well maybe you can not uh go into that way and try to find new ways to treat each other in a more respectful way or more humane way whatever absolutely i think i love the i love that you point out that fact that censorship is kind of it can be counterproductive um i feel like it could actually lead to men kind of like kind of like the alpha movement now where you see all these men kind of becoming super misogynistic and angry at women because they feel like they're being controlled or whatever. Um, So I agree that like music, video games, all of that, there's room for, for all of that, but it does come from society, right? Like the way that Sandra was saying about the cycle of violence, how it starts with um, it starts with isolation. And then once you successfully isolated the woman, um, financially, you know, physically, then after that you start to get the aggression grows. Right. And it's just, it's a circle. It continues until someone dies. Um, but all of that, I, I like to look at it from like, it's from within and without and outside. Right. So the outside forces are society, machismo, and those are macro things that we need to definitely change. And then within are the micro machismos that you guys mentioned, um, which has to do a lot with just being, emotionally a stable adult mature um open and um i think one of you mentioned just hum- uh, humanistic basically like you know giving loving 
one another and seeing women as not property, but humans. And these are all, there's so much going on. I love that we're talking about this. Yeah, there's, there's so, there's so there's much a lot, that we need to fix. There's a lot of stuff. There's a lot of stuff. Yeah, so, you know, it's too much. so it's too it, much to undo Beto in says, one day. <laughs> Beto says in the documentary that it's it's a, a really nice reflection he, he does. He says, you need to realize that every single human being in this world was brought by a woman to this world. Mm -hmm. So it's a, it's a, it's a big rush of culture that, you know, these men are murdering women, 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 when they can, well, you know, when, when all of them have a, a special woman or a woman that love in their life. So, you know, it's, it's very, very hard to crack this down because there's, there is no one reason because of this happening. There is no, we cannot blame it only on society or the, or the government or the media or education or there are so many things and Everything. that's that's why i think it's it's been so difficult to tackle this one but Absolutely. that reflection of beto i think we should i didn't, I didn't know that the, i didn't know that you drank that they drank mate in in mexico because i was I, I was like is he in uruguay because he was drinking he was drinking mate. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah one thing i do want to note in in right in, there <laughs> Yeah. Oh, yeah. Hey, he's not. Hi, Mina. Yeah, right there. Yeah, there, you, there you go. There you go. It's como, you know, como buen uruguayo con mi mate. Um, so we've been talking live with uh, the team from Beta Films. Um, you know, obviously this is too much for us to tackle in one hour and one week and one month uh, of podcasts. One thing I will note, one, one thing I do think is that let's let just a little bit on the positive side, because I do think it is becoming more normalized to check in with each other on mental health. It is becoming more normalized when you're in a group of friends and somebody makes the misogynistic joke, like, you know, there's a, like, there's Ugh. a watch on the, there's a watch on the stove. Hey. And then you're like, yeah. it's a little bit more, more normalized to be able to say, man, that's, that's kind of cringe. You should check. You should sort of check that, you know, you should check yourself a little bit. So I do think that moving forward, there is a little bit of light in that area that that the next generation is going to be uh, have more access to mental health, that hopefully this is becoming uh, this is not becoming normalized, that there's more films and more TV shows and more instances of people putting this out there in an interesting way so people can digest it and find it in their own way. Because the only way to change is internally, right? And if you if you if you see people that start cringing when you when you say something misogynistic or you make a joke, um, and you know, for me it was myself. I told this story many times on the podcast. My friend was gonna go was having a, a tattoo artist coming to the house, and he's like, "Yeah, I'm having a tattoo artist coming to the house." And I was like, "Oh, okay. When are they gonna be here?" And they're like, "Yeah, she's gonna be here around four. And I was like, "A woman tattoo artist," and I, and in my mind. In my mind, I couldn't comprehend that there was a woman tattoo artist. And it was that moment for me. This was this this wasn't recently. This was like 18 years ago um, that I was like that. I sort of had to stop and talk to myself and be like, what are you? Why are you thinking this way? Um, and from there, gradually, I started shedding a lot of stuff like that through self-discovery um, and through finding strong women in my life that I respected and that helped me be who I am. Um, so I think hopefully your movie and the movement and talking about it and not letting it normalize um, helps um, sort of, you know, begin to, to chip away at this problem. Obviously it's not mm -hmm. going to go away overnight. Um, and I know that, that, um, that we're not going to fix it in one, in one podcast, but I do want to once again, thank you for this 
incredible piece of um, learning, of education, but also of art that you all collaboratively made. I've always said that film is a collaborative art. And yes, nothing, that I, nothing that I saw at this festival solidified that idea for me more than that. Yeah. So I want, I want yeah. to thank you guys. I want to thank you thank guys you. and the whole team for being on today with yeah, us. Yeah, genuinely, thank you for being on thank and you. thank you for choosing the hardest topics to tackle. I think that's very yeah. important. And like, thank we you said, for doing that so that I can make shit uh, dick jokes <laughs> and make people laugh. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> exactly. I, I do want to. I do want to ask you guys, what's up with these shoes in this picture? Oh, oh my god! Oh my god! What are those? We, we were. We were. How old were we? That's, no, 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 we are. We, we were twenty. Look at that face. <laughs> I, I got a, yeah. I got a thing I got on Amazon that'll help you clean those right up. I'm just gonna let you know. Look Thanks, man. Style. Wow. Yeah, you know, but he goes got the bell bottoms going. Yeah. What's going on? He's got the when was this taken? The... <laughs> oh, many years ago. <laughs> Way, yeah, we were in, we were in, in uni in college. Like we oh, were yeah. 21, maybe. 21, 21, 21. I mean, we were, we were 40. We were 40 now. I mean, I'm about to be 40. He's 40. I mean, so it's been a while. 2013, 10 years ago. Wow. Yeah. Right. Hope, hopefully you got some better kicks on right now. All right. So yeah, we do. We do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We can improve that game. I was trying to figure out how to go from a super serious subject to a joke. And I think I nailed it. I think, I I think nailed you nailed it. it. There you go. It was nailed really it. good. It yeah. was really good. Thank you, guys. You nailed right. it. I also All want right. to tell you because I saw one of your posts of, of people that were looking at us and commenting on YouTube. And one of them actually is Rodrigo. Rodrigo from one of the brothers. Yeah. So, thank you. Beautiful. He's oh, listening. Rodrigo Arroyo, yeah. Oh, that, that's, that's Rodrigo from the... Okay. Oh, my yeah. gosh. Yes. That's the Rodrigo. I love you. Yes. <laughs> He's there, Rodrigo. Rodrigo, I love you. You're amazing. Oh my gosh, right, I'm a little starstruck. Guy. Yeah, no. <laughs> Look, if 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 you're able to to catch the film when it comes close, if not, I'm sure it'll be part of the streaming network. Look out for Rodrigo, Alex, Sandra. Um, you know, you guys, uh, you guys are awesome. It was awesome to be able to spend time with you guys during the festival. Um, and I wish you nothing but luck and success in the future. So I want to thank you guys for coming on today. Yes, thank you. Likewise. We love you. <laughs> thank you. Thank Thanks you for that. All right. Abrazos de Rodrigo. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for being Saludos, Tocayo. Saludos, Rodrigo. Okay, Alexandra, Rodrigo, thank you for coming on. Uh, I'll let I'll let you guys go, and uh, we're gonna definitely be following your work and and making sure that 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 uh, we we'll we'll put all the tags to Betas Films and to all your things in the in the description so that people can follow you and let us know. Yeah. We'll be following Sandra because I want to see whatever the next movie that she shoots. I want to do that. And hopefully when yep. we shoot our next movie, she'll give me a little discount. We have them. All right, Sandra, here's my pitch. It's a movie called alien story. And it's oh about, my a, God. it's a planet uh, where <laughs> women have taken over. They're, they're the rulers of the planet. So it's, it's a female driven sci-fi comedy. She's committed. We're good. Nice. You have a new team there. <laughs> All right, guys. All right, guys. Thank I'll you, talk guys. You soon. Thank you, guys. Bye -bye. See you. Bye, bye, bye. All right. As we are talking with the team from. Whew. Wow. That was awesome. I love them. Man. Dude, we didn't even mention the fact that we watched their film at like 12 a.m. And we no, were. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
we were exhausted and we and streaming half asleep we went in and as soon as we watched it we were like so taken aback it woke us up and we were like we stayed till the q a we had a ton of questions i held my pee like i was like this is so good absolutely i held my pee too no honestly we were like hey i was like we were like what are we gonna do we were gonna we were no we were we were at we were having drinks and then we're like well we gotta go we gotta go we gotta go make an appearance we gotta pop in there and then once we were there we we literally could not leave. We couldn't move. Yeah. We, could, we couldn't move. Uh, mm-hmm. So <sighs> go awesome. see it. Yeah. We're going to, I'll know everything. And I just have yeah, me, me mataron tres veces. Go watch me it, mataron please. Tres veces, um, Beta Films. I'm going to put the, the the link to the uh, to the sneaker picture in the chat. That so is can. a beautiful picture. I want right. that as my background. So we can, so we can watch that. Uh, so thank you very much to Sandra, Alex, for, for stopping by today. All right. Oh, God, I love him. All right. Ooh. Wait, is Rosa coming on today? Yes. We have to make an announcement right now. Okay, but, cool. But listen, spoilers. Uh, spoilers, spoilers. Thank you. Thank you, Alex. Thank you, everybody, for stopping by. Um, so quickly, let's transition. Let's let's transition here. Let's we gotta we gotta cleanse the palates. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we have to move on to entertainment and tabs and all that, but we do have a quick announcement to make, and that is that Mi Gente Show has been and is me and Sofia uh, talking about reacting to news and culture. But we'd always been looking to add additional voices, mm-hmm. correspondents, special guests, uh, different people that can collaborate with us. We love collaborating. Bikes, we love doing that. And we want to make it official, make it, make it YouTube, Twitch, and Facebook official oh my that we have... We have invited uh, Rosa Parra to be an official member of Mi Gente Show as a Hollywood and entertainment correspondent. Uh, She'll be appearing as many times as she wants to, to talk about uh, as much as she wants to and hang out with us. Uh, And so we want to welcome Miss Rosa Parra to the stream. Yeah. Hey. What's up, girl? Oh, my God. I'm so happy, and most importantly, I'm so grateful that you guys would even think of me, and even we love you. <laughs> grant me this amazing opportunity. Incredibly honored to be amongst amazing peers. Oh, the yeah. honor is all ours. You are an expert, and I'm excited for you to share your expertise. Listen, well, well <laughs> you're like a- we got to go about the business of, of jumping you in at some point. But other than that, hey, welcome aboard. You know, it's, we'll, it's all good. I'm, I'm accustomed to it. It's all good. show your gorgeous face at I'm some good. point, Rosa. You gotta show, you know, next time in San Diego, it's on site, Rosa. But other than that, I'm just kidding. Perfect. Um, all right. Alexandra, thank you for stopping by, Alexandra. Hello. Hi. Joining us Hello. from uh, Central America. All right, Rosa. Well, you know, baptism by fire. You're here to chat with us about the entertainment world. So what stories have you been covering? What is biggest thing that's happening in entertainment is it blue beetle is it barbie is it super mario is it oppenheimer what's happening talk to us rosa oh my god everything's happening it seems like (laughs) hollywood all of a sudden woke up on monday they must have been disappointed i guess from uh weekends wrestlemania or something they're like you know what we're gonna give you anything we can so right. you guys can forget and cleanse the palate from the horrible weekend we had. <laughs> <laughs> and they just dropped trailer after trailer after trailer. And man, what an abundance. We yeah, we started on with yeah, with the Blue Beetle trailer, and then they gave us Barbie, and then they gave us the um Spider-Man across the Spider-Verse trailer. Mm-hmm. And 
man, it, it, it's been a busy week. And you know what? I could not be happier to be a film critic. <laughs> nice, absolutely. Which one of these, which one are you, which one are you look? are you looking forward to the most? Is it Blue Beetle? Obviously. Yeah. Yeah. Blue Beetle, mm-hmm. man, that, that trailer is, oof, it's I can't play the audio because they'll knock right. us down, but, but we're having it playing here in the background here as, as we get, as we, as we get to have, listen, if this movie does good, how, why they what are they going to say to make it that it wasn't because it was a Latino superstar, right? Mm-hmm. What was, what are they going to, what are they going to do? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think that this trailer very, it's very promising. It's giving us a little insight to who are going to be these characters, what's going to happen. Jaime, Jaime Reyes, how does he come across? There we go. Uh, uh, into the Scarab, what happens then? And then how he eventually becomes Blue Beetle. And from there on, we just get a little, a little taste to the aesthetic of this all, a little taste of the energy it has. It, it just looks incredible. Yeah. Sadly, there's been some <laughs> controversy surrounding the trailer, particularly the the by uh, by the end of it. But you know what? I I, I frankly do not find any issues with it. I I, I disagree with the with what a lot of people are being uh, critical about. What were they What were they being critical about exactly? Yeah. So in the trailer, we have the character of George Lopez who plays Rudy. He's the uncle. Oh, the, the tío. Yeah, el tío, el tío loquito. And he... <laughs> he <laughs> checks out. Yeah. <laughs> and, and then at the end of the trailer, he says, Batman is a fascist. Um, y la gente, well, everybody lost their minds. You know, like the Joker, <laughs> the Joker meme. <laughs> oh, Batman, uh, Batman is a fascist. Mm. Uh oh. <laughs> yeah, so they like towards Oritas they're like in this laboratory or something where they have all these cool weapons and, and, and such and electronics and technology. And somebody makes a comment like, Oh, this is like um like what Batman has. And then uh yeah, the George it cuts to the George Lopez character saying, Oh, Batman is a fascist. The trailer sounds like a joke, though. Exactly. That's what. what I'm <laughs> That's how it ends. It's right pretty, after this. this really ba- it looks pretty badass. Yeah, it's yeah. right after. It's right here. They make the comment of Batman, and then he replies, "Batman." See? Is oh my god! Uh, right? That sounds like it was funny. Come on. I was mm-hmm. laughing. For various Batman, reasons. Batman is pro police. All right. I mean, mm. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, All right. So then we, we 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 go from that to Barbie, right? Oh gosh. Barbie. Yeah, what happened here? Matt, where the brothers on a roll, man. Um this is the shot. This is the shot right here. Yes. Look at that. Uh. <laughs> yeah, this one I think is just an introduction to all the Barbies all the cans mm-hmm. and where they live and give you just a taste of all the colorful, vivid um, uh, production design, I'm assuming. Because it doesn't really give us anything about the story. I think it's just introducing us to mm-hmm. uh, this world. And that's about it. So uh, if you were to ask me, what is the plot? What is the story? I have zero clue. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> based on the trailer alone. You know what? I'll watch it. This yeah. is an yeah, this is just this is what our aesthetics is gonna be. Yeah. 
and oh. just sort of get used to it. And then the meme I hope would... it gets dark. <laughs> right. <laughs> Margot. I mean, but Margot Robbie is Barbie. She is. There, there's no denying that. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. All right. Wait. Did uh? What? I'm just, I'm just gonna ask this, and uh, you can smack me for it if you'd like. But did uh? Did Ryan Gosling hit the wall? Is that what's happening here, or is he still is he still hot? What's going on here? Is that because I saw a little bit of feedback on that that Ryan Gosling is no longer hot? They made him not as hot. I don't know. The tan is pretty severe. <laughs> I never thought he was hot. So. <gasps> <laughs> not Rosa. Gosling. No. What? No. <laughs> he's not no. the hottest Ryan, but he's hot. Come on. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. Who would you think would have made a better Ken here? Anybody that you can think of? Mm. Mm, I don't know. Ryan Reynolds. Uh, sorry. <laughs> Talking about hot Ryans. Right. The you better like, Ryan. You, you like, oh. Yeah, the better Ryan. Uh, wait, what was the controversy with this one? I saw there was some sort of controversy. What happened here? With Barbie? Yeah, was there something? No? Oh, I'm not sure. I know oh. a lot of people went overboard because they... They had they give access to make like your own Barbie poster or something like that. So everybody was posting. My that. Instagram was spammed. Yeah. yeah, the 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 meme was what is Barbie listening to or something, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And yeah, yeah. I mean, I found the perfect one, which is uh oh darn, I forgot her name, but I shared it on Twitter. I was getting a little bit annoyed, and then that one popped up, and I was like, okay, this is perfect. Um, the 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 villain from the Adams Family values. What's her name mm. again? Um, she's played by Joan. Yeah, I, uh, I forgot her name. Uh, Joan Cusack, I think. And oh, okay. yeah, yeah. And then when she 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 kidnaps all the Adams family and she gives her story in her speech that she all she wanted was a Barbie and a Barbie doll and a house and, oh, <laughs> and oh, then yeah. they just. <laughs> I was like, okay, this is perfect. This oh, is the perfect name for me. That was the one. I'm okay, over here, here looking for it. Here's this. There it is. There it is. Nah, there it is. That is beautiful. Yes. Mm-hmm. Hey. Oh, I love it. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think that and then people are rooting for it to beat uh, the uh, Oppenheimer movie, oh, right? Yeah. yeah. Which are, they're still coming out on the same day. Mm-hmm. Which I, I'm also excited about that. I think that that sounds like a really cool movie. I mean, we're we're in a good place right now. We get a lot of st- we got a lot of cool stuff coming out. So, mm-hmm. do you feel like there's any? Um, do you think that Blue Beetle or you, um, you know also the trailer for Guardians of the Galaxy three dropped right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So so we're we're gonna get a little whatever you want. You want aesthetically pleasing plastic people. You want talking raccoons. You want. Uh, you want Latino superheroes, whatever you want. You want serious movies about the atom bomb. All that stuff's coming. Yes. Such yeah. so a good and, diversity. <laughs> I mean, that's good. We're in a we're in a good period. And, and I yeah. think this is we're in a post-COVID. Not that we're post-COVID, but we're post-COVID boom here. Um, you also got to see uh the new Super Mario movie, which everybody was ragging on, specifically related to the Mario voice. Mm-hmm. Um, how long did it take you to sort of uh, get over that part of it while you were watching it, or did it did it was it an issue all throughout, or did did you not really notice it, or? Uh, oh, Chris Pratt as Mario. I want to be completely honest. I was sitting there next to um to to one of my friends, and the first thing that came out of my mouth was like, 
that's Chris Pratt. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even recognize it. I, it. It wasn't even distracting at all. He he does such a great job as, as Mario. Um, but you know what? I had a blast with this. I had a, a tremendous fun time with this movie. Granted, I grew up playing the video games. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I was just transported back to to little seven-year-old Rosa playing Nintendo with, with her neighbors. And, and it, it, they do such a great job with the animation and, and bringing everything to life. And, and just the games and the, the references and even mixing in the, the music and the tunes of the game into the score of the film. It was just nicely done. Uh, to me, I loved it. I know it's not getting a really good Rotten Tomato score right now, but I, I'm I'm on board with the audience score. Yeah, absolutely. It looks, it looks awesome. It looks, looks yeah. it looks like one long cutscene, but it does look incredible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh no, no, yeah. it's stunning. It's really stunning. John Leguizamo said he wouldn't watch it because they didn't have enough Latinos, even though they have our favorite vanilla beaner. Uh, I, 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 Anya, Anya, Anya Taylor, Anya Taylor Joy. Yeah, she's literally the princess, but apparently she's not enough. I'm oh, she. All right, we. Uh, this is this was uh this is something that I found. Um, it's related to what we're talking about here. Um, this is a commentator called Anna Perez from Wrong Think, and these are her thoughts on. Um, the princess. Now you might be thinking, Anna, who cares? It's just some dumb movie, but, but you should care. And here's why. Because what they are doing is they're, they're trying to brainwash society to think that that's how women are supposed to be. And this is dangerous because then we have women who go out there who think they're men and they wind up getting hurt. They wind up getting raped. They wind up getting, because who's going to consume this content? Well, young kids, right? It's a cartoon. Adults, unless you're a loser, you're probably not going to want to watch that, right? So, Unless you're watching with your kids. kids. But, but the reality, reality is, is, this has actual ramifications on society. Young, young women see stuff like this, and it and just brainwashes them to be a feminist, to be a badass feminist, and it's not realistic. Women are not as strong as men. Women aren't the ones who are going to go out there and be like, watch this, let me kick ass. This badass bitch culture is actually ruining women, and it's ruining society, and nobody knows where they stand anymore. So actually, it has real consequences. I'm sick and tired of seeing unrealistic things like that. Please make, make her, her a helpless, helpless princess, princess again, okay? okay? Oh, That's honey. Uh, a lot more fitting for Princess Peach. Sorry, Sorry. someone, someone had to say. That is, oh, sweetie. That, that, is the, that is a mild take. Yeah, totally. You know what? In the last segment that we had, we got really deep about feminicidio. This is one thing that I wanted to touch upon is how women can also be part of the problem. Like, how... It's not only men, it's in society. It's it's we are all affected by society and by machismo. And this is what it breeds is females like this that just continue to like bring down <laughs> feminism and empowerment. Like, shut the fuck up. I'm sorry. You're stupid. Cállate. That's all look, I have to say. Look, I'm not even gonna say I can change her. <laughs> I'm no. not even I'm not even gonna say because I think she's a, she's she's beyond saving. She's too far gone. She's just no. She literally yeah, said, "Make Princess Peach helpless uh, again." Helpless again. <laughs> you oh, go be get, helpless. You go get, let 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 like go live your life. Let other people live their lives. Shut we got up. cut off for a minute. Okay, but we're back now. Okay, oh, got it. Okay, okay. We were maybe it was we, we were watching this horrible uh, take. <laughs> this this lady. <laughs> the Anna. universe was not, like, not even no. the stream wanted to hear it. <laughs> Look, 
That's how uh, bad you're yeah. taking. Street, Streamyard was like, Streamyard <laughs> was like, cringe. Anna per- and uh, also Anna Perez. Come on, Anna. Girl, no. Be Come better. Be oh, better my. It's and a people, video game adaptation. People were like, people were like exactly. wait, till she, wait till she finds out that like she had her own video game in like 1988. Uh, <laughs> like she's <laughs> she she's always been a badass. What are you talking about? They all, it's a video game. They all have powers and uh, whatever. But even then, I mean, I guess it's a, it's a matter of perspective. But when I watched the movie, she didn't come across as being like condescending or being um, having that 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 level of I don't want to say empowerment because she she certainly is the princess of that of that land. But she doesn't come across as being, um, I don't know, how kind of like emasculating Mario or anything like that. There's none of that in the film. Um, and at the end of the day, she that that's her world. <laughs> that's that that's what she's been living there for her entire life. So how is she gonna survive this if she's gonna she's the only one the only human, quote unquote, um, surrounded by toads? So of course, she has to obviously develop some survival tactics here. Otherwise, how is she gonna uh, survive this land? And again, I'm talking about a fucking video game adaptation. Living with toads, <laughs> exactly. Mushrooms of all things, they eat mushrooms in this film, y'all. Spoiler alert. Oh, <laughs> and nice. that that nice. was cool with her, but it, it's the woman that that can fight here and there. And she lends Mario a hand. She teaches him how to do certain things here and there. And 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 of course they do mushrooms and they kind of make jokes about it. But I guess her being a a a, a badass is her issue here. Mm-hmm. Mm. I feel like it's just a reactionary take to have people up in arms. So you know yeah. what? Right There'll be an ignorant person somewhere else. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I I, I didn't, hadn't even seen that. I just saw it right now, and <laughs> I'm literally speechless. I'm like, really? I know. It's also funny how her show is called Wrong Think. Like, oh, there we go. Why? Why? Based on her, her opinion. Based on her, yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh man! Wow, that's crazy. Um, this is fun, Luis. Ah, bueno. Yeah, he said he was gonna come back. I don't know. Nice. Maybe the dogs are those his dogs or yours? Yeah. Oh, the one that's barking. Yeah. No, that one's mine. I'm sorry. She loud. She's she's fighting with the next door neighbor's dog right now. When I (gasps) muted myself, I was yelling at her. Not fighting like aggressive. No, like they're barking at each other across the wall. Yeah. They're communicating. Then they're just gossiping. Yeah. Probably talking about the day. Yeah. Talking about the wrong thing. Yeah. (laughs) Did you see that street? Yeah, I did. (laughs) (laughs) I did. Um, so Rosa, you recommend, so what else, um, what else is out right now that you've seen that you would recommend, or is there anything else that's getting a lot of hype that you're not too keen on? Mm -hmm. I loved, absolutely love John Wick 4. Um, but I know that's been out for a while and it's been making its money. So I'm sure a lot of people have seen it. Uh, I love it. 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 Oh yes. Yeah. He only says uh, 380 words the entire movie, but, Mm. but, but, and and he's almost a secondary. He's almost like not the star of his own film, which is insane. No. Um, but that 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 move that franchise knows what it is. It doesn't try to sugarcoat what it is. It gives you it gives it to you. 
And I don't know, man, I'm so invested in trying to figure out how they have all those roller derby lesbians running their organization. (laughs) And uh, they're still using like IBM 386s, like with like green screens and stuff like that. And somehow three out of every eight people are assassins. Uh, it's, it's, it's a, it's an interesting world that they built, but, Mm -hmm. but for me, this is right. I think the first one, obviously, because it was so new and then this one are my favorites, Mm -hmm. right? I mean, two and three are sort of a little bit forgettable. And also like they had like a big guy, they had like a fat guy fighting, which was fucking awesome. Yeah. You know? Yeah. 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 A little big guy representation over there doing big kicks and stuff. It was pretty nice. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, no, you know what? I, I remember being in the theater and seeing it. I took my older um, kid to see it with me. And you're right. There's very little dialogue to it, but there is so much visual storytelling. Not only visual in terms of the cinematography, but visually in terms of, I mean, come on. These are like actors, like actors who've sole presence tell you so much come on it's like ian mcshane and and and, um and johnny yang yes they just tell you so much just with with their posture and 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 such so yeah who needs dialogue when those men are just standing there telling you everything because i love rogue one and i think that had the fact that they had donnie yang there was sort of awesome Mm -hmm. but they didn't really give him that much to do Mm -hmm. you know it coincidentally played a blind guy in both right yeah. <laughs> <laughs> why do you have to make yeah. why do you have to keep making donnie yang blind like come yeah. on um but but this one he was really at the heart of it you know of the movie and stuff like that no spoilers obviously but it was right. incredible right. it was incredible and incredible um we were it was actually the first time that mi gente show got a hookup because of being mi gente show we got yeah. hit up and they're like do you guys want to come to a preview and i was like yes uh <laughs> so that was that was nice Sophia couldn't make it, but I went. So it was kind of like the first time taking advantage of that. So that was awesome. And uh, I and I I held my pee because I was like, I don't want to leave the movie because we got invited. I'm getting to see it for free in a preview. But I was like, how long can it be? And they're like, they're like, if you if we see your phones out, we're going to kick you out. And I was like, trying to like, how long is John Wick for? And it was like, oh. And it was like almost three hours. And I was like, what? Dude. So I had to have a talk with my bladder real quick. Like, all right, we're going to be in here for a minute. Um, but it was really worth it, man. It was really worth it to see it. So John Wick 4, yeah. uh, Rosa Reppemans, go see. I'm going to go. I'm actually going to go watch Super Mario on Saturday with the Minion. At a um, at a autism sensory screening that they have at AMC, where they uh, where they for so that the kids can run around, they keep the lights on. So we're gonna, I'll be able to watch it on a theater. Uh, So that's gonna be cool. Um, And we look forward to figuring out whether Rosa was right about Mario. (laughs) (laughs) I want to see it too. Yeah. All right, here's, here's a couple of things that I caught. Um, HBO is green lighting or is early talks to develop a Game of Thrones prequel about Aegon the First, mm-hmm. uh, Aegon the Conqueror, who conquered everything except Dorne. Uh, Sophia, as a Game of Thrones head, how do you how do you how excited are you about this? Um, huh. Let me sit on that for a second. Sure. Sure. I don't know. They're just, 
I guess I will have an opinion once I watch it. I will give it a shot because I do love the world. But I don't know. I don't know how much faith I have in 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 the the story. And then also, here's the thing. It's hard to do prequels for Game of Thrones to make them as exciting uh, because you already know how it ends, in my opinion. And whereas the first one was like this grand you know, like there was the end of the world. Like they were fighting for the end of the freaking world. And it was like, awesome. And there's nowhere really to go um, before that. I think there's a lot of stories to be told, but it's sort of like, I've seen it with, uh, with Harry Potter and nothing is as good as Harry Potter. Like, you know, you see fantastic beasts and you're like, yeah, that's cool. That's Dumbledore. Like, you know, I don't know. At least for me, I get less excited. I'm willing to give it a shot though. I'll be open-minded. Uh, Rosa, are you more excited about this or about the Jon Snow post Game of Thrones world project? Mm. Oh, no, definitely this. Um, this is a, yeah, it's gonna be following Aegon and then his his sister wives, I guess. But they, they were <laughs> the main ones who, who conquered everything and, and, mm-hmm. and so on, except for Dorne. I'm also excited for what they're going to be doing with Nymeria and the 10,000 ships as well, which is... The, That's true. Yeah, that one's going to be very interesting to look at. And if they go into, I don't know, somehow both series either end or one ends and the other one begins and somehow share an episode or something, like how why couldn't they conquer Dorne? Mm. And then that's where Nymeria and the 10,000 ships ends. Then mm. that'd be very cool to, to I think that would be the, yeah, I think that would be the coolest thing because Dorne has such a rich history and like yes. they're the only ones that weren't conquered. So I do, I do want to see that drama. Like what happened? Yeah. Yeah. Mm. If you have such big dragons, why couldn't you do it? Why couldn't you? Yeah. yeah. And Nymeria is a badass. Like I just oh, love yeah. the history when um, Arya said why she named her, um, her wolf that I was like, that's mm-hmm. cool. I want yeah. to know Nymeria. I had all my eggs in the Duncan Egg uh, prequel, Seriously? but that, that, one, that, one, that one never that one never got off the ground. So we mm-hmm. we shall see. We shall see what happens. I mean, I mean, yeah, we're also. I think we all the, the news also came out that the next season of the what is the current show called House of the Dragon? Right? Yeah. Is only is only going to be like seven episodes, or they're doing a shorter season because they want to hmm. hold off on a couple. They want to stretch it out. They're stretching it out. They're yeah. stretching it out. <laughs> That's what I was uh, thinking because I'm like, I know how that ends. And I'm like, you can't stretch it over 10 seasons and 10 years. Like, it's a smaller story than that. So that makes sense. Huh. Mm-hmm. All right. In other entertainment news that I had bookmarked here, uh, Barbie Ferreira uh, relieves that she is leaving Euphoria because she was tired of the fat best friend stereotype. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're a fan of Euphoria, you sort of understood that her character was really big presence in the first season. They sort of yeah. made her, they sort of underplayed her or took a back seat in season two. And there was a lot of rumors that she didn't get her along with the, uh, with Sam Levinson, the, the showrunner, uh, and that there was like a toxic set and all these other things that, that, that happened. So, uh, any thoughts on her not getting sort of an extended run or how do you feel about this? Uh, I know Sophia, I don't know if Rosa watches Euphoria. I know Sophia, you've seen it. Yeah. I don't know. I didn't know about this. I'm kind of heartbroken. I love her character. Um, and yeah, I get, I get the fast fat best friend stereotype, but she's also, I feel like so much more. They really, right. Like, don't you think that they gave her a lot more than just the fat best friend? 
Yeah, they gave her like a like a big girl empowerment arc in yeah. season one, and sort of like this anti slut shaming thing, like uh-huh. sort of liberation thing. Um, but I don't really think they didn't really give her anything to do season two. That's true. That's true. They really slept on her season two. Um, man, I wonder if uh, there were talks. I wonder if she talked to the executives and were like, "Hey, give me something better in season three, and then they couldn't come to an agreement. Um, I could see that happening. Okay, I can see why she would do that decision. Yeah. Rosa, any thoughts? Are you a Euphoria fan or TV fan? I don't watch it. No, I'm very <laughs> limited to Rosa's what worried TV about shows movies. Movies. Yeah. It's good. It's good. It gets you. But it gets you. It gets you. It gets, it gets you. That's sad. I really loved her character. Uh huh. Oh, <laughs> Rosa, anything else happening in the entertainment world? What's what's coming up that you're excited about or that you're going to get to see soon? Mm-hmm. Well, I had the chance to watch, I think it opens tomorrow, but it's only limited release. And then the following week, it opens wider. Um, and it's a smaller indie film. It's called How to Blow Up a Pipeline. <laughs> Oh, okay. it's, 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 um, I think it's being released by Neon and it just follows a group of environmental activists uh, based on a true story and who literally go blow up uh, an oil pipeline and the, the reasonings behind all of that and it, it's an hour 40 minute movie very tense and thrilling and suspenseful because you are dealing with detonating um, with with exploding devices and, and, and so on and so forth because they, they have to do everything at home. And it's just like a, a heist um, thriller that it's well made. It's obviously an indie movie, but well acted, well made, very memorable. I haven't stopped thinking about it and I watched it like two weeks ago. So certainly something to keep an eye out for. Okay. All right. Pipeline. Okay. I want to see that. Let's put it. It's on. Awesome. We're put, putting it on Somebody the radar. Put on the list. On. <laughs> All right, guys. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is an interesting thread that I found, uh, which was um, basically talking about uh, going into another week. And I want to remind everyone of the wide appeal that Latinx-led films and TV shows can have when studios invest in their success. Uh, last weekend, not only did Scream Six and The Last of Us beat box office and viewership records, uh, they but they also beat records internationally. Audiences are not turned off by seeing more than one Latinx person on screen. The idea that they will think content is too Latinx by simply the appearance of more than one Latinx person is not true. Uh, however, audience do want realistic portrayals, not embedded in stereotypes. Latinx leads undeniably have global appeal. Don't let anybody tell you otherwise. So we have to normalize Latinx excellence. We have to talk about it, write about it, share it, make it happen. And it's awesome that we have Rosa here that does exactly this. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um how do you feel like the do, do you the, about this topic rosa do you do you sort of see your role in in it in terms of your, your role as a critic and being out there about it and and do you, do you see movement uh, sort of gradually from when you started your your journey as a film critic and reviewer to now like incrementally yeah, there's definitely been improvement. Um, I, I I've taken a note of that because yeah, when I first, the podcast my original podcast first started, it was with the purpose of highlighting Latino representation and contribution in Hollywood, because I wasn't mm-hmm. learning it from school and I wasn't seeing it anywhere else. So yeah, since the that I had started that 
little by little, there was um, more movies coming out, more documentaries. We had a, a Walter Mercado documentary and then Danny Trejo. And then before we know it, we're getting the Rita Morenos. And then we're going to be getting more documentaries coming up. So, and then, yeah, we start seeing a little bit more of Latinos represented in superhero films, MCU and the DC so, yeah, definitely seeing an improvement. I mean, I'm not going to take credit for anything. I'm just, <laughs> um, just little, little happy. Party. You're playing your part. <laughs> hey, what, what do they say about critics? We're not good enough to make movies. So we just no. we just ah. resort to critique them. <laughs> no, less, less, that ain't true. Although I, I am thinking about possibly doing something, but we'll, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. Well, you know who to cast, you know. Oh, oh, hey. Ooh. You know who to hire to direct or edit. Ooh. Or Ooh. <laughs> Let's <laughs> do this. We have to show productions. All right, Rosa. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, again, uh, we want to thank you for coming on and spending a couple of minutes with us. We look forward to your contributions moving forward. Hell it yeah. is official. You are uh, yes. Team Mi Gente. So uh, thank you very much for, for coming by, stopping by, and we look forward to you being able to stop by whenever you can to give us your thoughts on the week's news and entertainment. Yes, yeah. oh no, thank you guys. This was very fun. I miss this. I miss talking to people and, and, and just talking about uh, movies and trailers and, and movies that are coming out. It's really, really fun. Looking forward to it, guys. Cannot we, be more honored. Thank we you. need you because I feel uh, educated on... <laughs> Stuff that otherwise I am the worst at keeping up with. So thank you. Please. Thank you, Rosa. Follow Rosa at The Daily Chela. You can find her on Twitter. You can find her on Rotten Tomato. Rosa Parra. Make sure that you guys keep following us. And then we'll make sure that we keep having her on the show as her busy children, scientists, movie reviewer schedule. Now (laughs) future filmmaker happens. So Rosa, thanks for for stopping by. We'll see you. We'll see you next week. All righty. Sounds good. Thank you, guys. Bye. All right, Rosa. Bye. All right. That was Rosa. Yeah. Official entertainment correspondent of Mi Gente Show. Dude, that was awesome. Not going to lie. Whenever she comes on for like, you know, to talk about films, I'm always so backed up. And now I'm like, okay, I'm going to be up, up to date. This feels great. Yeah, absolutely. Cyro, uh, I'd be curious to see if a film based on Hogwarts Legacy. Uh, so my question is, did, yeah. did you, are you playing the Hogwarts game? And are you boycotting it? Um, I wouldn't. That is a good topic. I wouldn't boycott it necessarily. Um, I think that, you know, why boycott it? It doesn't really have anything to do with JK Rowling. There's other people that worked on it that don't have her ignorant viewpoints. Um, so there's really no point in boycotting it uh will i play it if i get the time but i do think it hasn't released for i have a switch i have a nintendo switch that's the console that i have so i believe it hasn't really been released for the switch yet once it does though i will think about it it's been recommended highly so you know if i have the time sure what about you do you still play video games by the way I, I do like you've been busy. Okay. I do. I do like to have video games. I think that the thing I think um the only issue is that when I have my PlayStation right next to me, I play too much. So then it takes away from editing and other work I have to do. Mm. So the thing that makes you a better editor is when I hide my PlayStation and I don't have it next to me. Because yeah. I do have a tendency to get lost and stuff like that. So definitely. But I, I was curious to see if Claudia is still around, if she likes that. Also, this is a Claudia specific tab. 
there is a uh, somebody's designing a tarot deck inspired by Game of Thrones. Ooh. Uh, Daenerys Targaryen as the tower. So that would be so nice. Cyro, let us know how you feel about that. All right. Okay, so we so uh let's uh we gotta dive into some tabs. We got some Nanamas ways and stuff, so let's knock right. some of those out. Yeah, let's, uh, see how, let's see how fast we can go. Let's see what we can get into. You might, yeah, you took a bathroom break. I took a water break, so <clears throat> we have to flex those muscles. We have a, there was an hour-long interview, correspondent, and all right, let's see how much we can jam-pack in the la- next, what, 30 minutes? Cyrus says she needs to be all over that. I'll send you the yeah. link so you can follow it. All right, but here, before we, we got to get started, this is something, and I created a little thing for it, a segment that we like to call Hellscape Watch. Oh <laughs> I had to find I had to find like the most serious picture of us to make it look like I love it. Oh my god. This is fine. Um, <laughs> I figured you like it. This is fine. Uh uh-huh. says, Don't tell Joe Clam. He says I have too many tarot decks that right. Was she could say for this? She does. She does. <laughs> I've seen them. <laughs> There's not enough. All right. Uh let's see. Moving right along to the hellscape watch. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Uh all right. Uh, let's jump into a couple of these things. Let's see how many we can get into. Um, let's see what we got here. Okay. So let's start in Kansas. Mm, yeah. Let's, let's start in Kansas. Uh, so uh, Kansas Republicans have successfully overridden a government uh, veto to now mm-hmm. authorize. I can't believe I'm saying this. <clears throat> There's a law now that will authorize genital inspections of children in order for kids to play sports. Mm. So uh, a total of two student athletes of the 109,402 students in Kansas City school activities currently identify as transgender. Obviously, that number is probably bigger, uh, you know, in terms of being openly transgender. Republicans think this is such, excuse me, Republicans think this is such a crisis that they passed a law to allow general inspections if someone challenges a child's gender on a school sports team. So basically, if you have a daughter or uh, who is good at basketball and she scores 18 points in a game or 12 rebounds, has a particularly dominating game, one of the parents from the opposing school can request that your daughter's genitals are checked to make sure that she is a biological female or risk throwing that child out. Now, this is the most hellscapiest of hellscapiest. Mm -hmm. What kind of parent, what kind of, what, what, what is this? I don't know. What the hell? This is so like beyond disgusting and pedophilic. Like wh- what? Why? 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 In what world is this okay? Where you would allow anybody to check your a child's genitals for what purpose? I understand, but it's just no. I don't understand. Never mind. It's this is just really creepy, and it's giving me Catholic church vibes, and I just don't like it. 
<laughs> Under no circumstances should a child's genitals be checked by, you know, no, absolutely not. Yeah, no, this is, this is, I don't, I don't know, man, like this. Yeah, it could be, it's performative politics. It's, it's basically like, you're the, you're the party that's calling people predators and are mad at drag shows and groomers. Yet you want to be able to order a child to pull down their pants and show you their junk. And by whom too? Like, you know, the people that are going to apply for this job are going to be pedos. Like, bro. Like, <laughs> well, at least they know where to go look for applicants. Like they go to fucking, you know, yeah. to, I don't, I don't understand it. This is definitely the top hellscape article of, of today. Yeah. Um, so Kansas, get your shit together. Yeah, what the hell, Kansas? Well, how do you how does it, do you vote for something? The governor is like, no, this is stupid. I'm vetoing it, and then all of a sudden you override a veto, making it legal to check children's genitals for sports purposes. I think the transphobia just runs that deep. Like, I really truly believe that there are a lot of right wingers that are just so incredibly triggered and scared by trans people. Mm-hmm. Because why the fuck do you care? I'm not I'm not going to lie. I was having this conversation with a friend about just like trans people in sports in general. And I was just like, why is this the most pressing issue of all time? Like, it's not it shouldn't be like we should be fighting for health care. We should be fighting for, um, you know, uh, the student loan to uh relief we should be fighting for more accessible uh, infrastructure and food. And like, why? You know, why is this something that bothers you so much? I did. I checked how many um, trans children that age range are in Kansas. And it was not that many. I think it was a total of three. There's two out of 109,000 students that identify as trans registered in Kansas schools. So two trans athletes, they want to make a rule that you can check all kids genitals. Uh, It's like gun control. No, Uh, you know what? student lunches nah. and you know what's crazy it's like we need to feed these students why are we checking their genitals instead of feeding them right uh. so it's this this is this is performative politics it is taking a an issue that affects 0.00000% of the population the kids don't care nobody cares it's not really it's not a thing the times that there's going to be an athlete that takes advantage of a situation like this is going to be super rare for you to start making rules about it. And now you want to make it so that if a kid has a big game at sports ball, somebody from the opposing team could be like, that's tranny. The trannies check there. They, they, they got balls under there. Like yeah. what, what is, what is the process? Like, what is it? Do you stream it live? And then what if they check it? How are the parents going to believe it? I need to see for myself. Like what's, <laughs> what is the process? How Tell do you- me your genitalia. And it's probably mm. the, the the dumbest, most hellscapiest thing that that we have this week. So it Kansas, really is. Kansas, go fuck yourself. Uh, yeah. At the same time, Baltimore's Catholic Church sexually abused at least six hundred children over sixty years. The uh, uh, AG of Maryland says so. Mm. Six hundred. So the church, which you stand behind or you think is the backbone of your Republican Party, mm. uh, the church, the Catholic Church, sexually abused six hundred children. Over 60 years. Yeah. In Maryland. 
Maryland, like alone. In Maryland alone. Fucking the number in Kansas is going to be probably above that. Yeah. and you're worried about drag shows and trans athletes. Yeah, it's a whole like like pedophilic sex ring with the Catholic Church. It really is. Have you seen the movie Spotlight? Because yes. it, yeah, it's just the amount of people that have been affected over just like child molestation in the Catholic Church is actually insane. And then there was a story a few years ago. I forgot what state. I don't know if it was Virginia or whatever, but there was like a church where they actually had like they branded kids with like a certain color cross. So like after they were had been groomed, just so just to tell the other uh, priests like, oh, that one is like they've been groomed. They're re- like they're ready. I know it was sickening. I was like, oh, my God. <sighs> but yeah, no, drag shows are really what's hurting kids the hellscape continues uh idaho passes lots of restrict interstate travel for abortion care for minors so um all these laws keep getting passed you know to restrict abortion and now they want to restrict um the ability to travel out of state for abortions um recruiting harboring or transporting the pregnant minor within the state commits the crime of abortion trafficking so driving somebody across state lines to get an abortion could be punishable by two to five years in prison uh, the law criminalizes transporting a pregnant minor without parental consent within Idaho to get an abortion or abortion pills, which means it could apply. It could apply to an Uber driver. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, like what if you're just an Uber driver and you and you're transporting somebody to the clinic and then all of a sudden it's like, ha you abated and edited a minor. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. That. Yeah. No, no. Just no. Hell, hellscape. Hellscape. Uh, <laughs> Uh, this is an interesting one. Uh, <coughs> North Carolina state legislator switches parties, handing GOP veto proof majority. So, um, a North Carolina registered Pat- Patricia Cotham, uh, made the announcement that this was five months after winning an election in a deep blue district in Carolina. She mm-hmm. had been a Republican for many years. She had even made an emotional speech on the floor of the of their Senate or Congress talking about her own abortion. She was called a baby killer. Uh, then she left Congress for a while and went to work for, I believe, um, uh, one of those uh, non-public schools, one of a charter school. Mm-hmm. Um, and then she came back. She ran in a very blue district as a Democrat to support women's rights to abortion and five months after being elected, she is officially switching parties from Democratic to Republican, which will now give the Republican Party um, a veto-proof majority. Dude, that should not be allowed. How is that allowed? Well, Kristen Cinema went to independent, but nobody gives a fuck about her. <laughs> she was always, you know, I'll see you next Tuesday. That she-devil? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that she-devil. She the, Look at me. I'm voting now because I'm a little. Mm. Um, so, so yeah, should this be allowed? No, no. This whole flip floppy situation. Like I understand that people evolve and change and grow, but whoa, that was a lot of Sorry. my face. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, if you're, if you're somebody who is a professional politician running, you should have policies and ideas and values in mind and those don't necessarily change from day to night unless you have a hidden agenda so what the hell hellscape 
Hellscape. Hellscape. <laughs> I hate it here. Uh, look, there's good stuff happening around the world, but bright this is side not, is yeah, it's not, not it. It's not some of it. Some of it. Bright side uh, is we're living in California, so. Yeah, so I think that's the that's the upside is that listen, it just. What it does is it makes me and our friend Kurt recently moved to North Carolina. Uh, North yeah. Carolina, North Carolina, even though it's 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 a it's a very blue state. It's a blue. It's it's kind of a it's a purplish bluish state. So yeah. in the South, it was sort of one of the last bastions of freedom for abortion rights after Roe v. Wade got demolished. Um, so I'm so you know, over that. Still not over that. So it's a house big. All right, guys. So let's talk about. So here's a good thing happening. So we had uh, Andy Duclith from Accidental Aliens on. And yeah. we are pr- happy to say that uh, her Kickstarter has been 100% is almost been funded. Yes. Alternate Dimension, the 2023 Accidental Aliens Anthology is. Whoa. At thirty one hundred and seventy of the thirty five hundred goals, so it is very close, very close to being fully funded, and we're going to be releasing the podcast with Andy in the next couple of days. So we're very happy that this is very close to getting funded. If you got a couple of bucks, Mm -hmm. go ahead and shoot those her way and help out uh, in the artist. So there's good. That's awesome. That is awesome! Holy shit! weren't they like a third of the way when we interviewed? Or was yeah, they were like a, they were like at fifty. Now they're up to seventy-two. Yeah, there's stuff. There's a lot of stuff happening. There's a lot of stuff happening. Uh, yeah. Good stuff. So, listen, man. There's a lot of shit happening that's horrible in the world. But there's no. also, but you know, we got to keep trucking along, man. Got to keep trucking along. Mm-hmm. Also, one of the artists that we met at uh, San Diego Latino Film Festival, uh, Mas Paz Leather is doing a raffle uh so you could win one of these two um one of these two uh what are they called they're like coffin sort of holders but they're gun holsters no they're what are they called they're 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 it's a it's a raffle to win one of these things yeah um it's a coffin purse ah it's a purse yo i want that look at that thing so there's still plenty of spots left i'm Um, entering I'll put the link in here for ten dollars. This is definitely a good value. Uh, so if anybody wants to follow at Mass Pass Leather on Instagram, you can find them there. I'll also put the link below so you can check it out and possibly win one of these cool coffin purses. Hell yeah! Sounds- Super talented man. Yeah, absolutely. We definitely have them on the show at some point. All right, so um, this is a new concert that's coming up, uh, but it's. Uh, Wanted to see if I want to get uh, Kurt's thought of it because it's uh, Friday night. This is uh, this kind of like an old cella type situation because it's Guns N' Roses and Iron Maiden on Friday night, ACDC and Ozzy Osbourne Saturday night, and Metallica and Tool on Sunday night. Uh, So Empire Polo Club in Indio, California in October. So if we make a lot of money between now and then, I'd like to go. But it does seem like like what time is the opening act gonna go on? Like at six o'clock? Because damn, these are yeah, these that's are a lot. It's a lot of bands, but these are these are old um, bands. These are old bands. These yeah. are this is getting a little it's getting a little sad. <laughs> Not gonna lie, Guns N' Roses Iron Ma- I saw Iron Maiden in Chula Vista a few months back, so I don't know. I don't have that I and I've seen Metallica before. I've never seen Tool or ACDC, but still it seems like a 
a little old cella-ish. Well, there uh, there's a lot of nostalgia going on with concerts. The Sophia, you're getting a little wonky. Let's give her a second. Oh, hello. To, you- let's give her a second to connect. All right, and in. Are you there? I don't know. Am I? Your voice is there, but your 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 image is lagging a little bit. Uh, let's get into some tacos. All right, Coptons. Uh, so this is something that uh, let's get to a positive story here. Um, this is a taqueria in Compton. Uh, it's a viral tagged up taqueria that makes some of LA's best food. And uh, for look, I want to. I kind of want to go to this place. Just it looks it looks good just from the outside. Mm-hmm. Um, it's called uh, Urapan Taco. And uh, mm-hmm. look at that! looks looks good. It looks like <laughs> looks like they're doing some good stuff there. Ooh! Mm. So if you're in LA, go. This looks like a little hole in the wall, like awesome place to go get food. Yeah, it's literally a little house. That's cool. Little house, little house, a lot of. T- but you know what? If you're not in LA and you want to get tacos, you know where you should go. Casa del Taco, Sweetwater Road, National City. There you go. If yeah. you're if you're in San Diego, that's where you should go. Yeah. On National Burrito Day. Just go tomorrow. They'll still have them. We sell burritos. <laughs> they'll, 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 they'll still have the burritos there. I might go tomorrow. I might, have to, take a, I might have to stop by. Do All it. Right. And uh, why aren't you out here doing more stuff for the show, Sophia? Uh, the Catch, the catch <laughs> Me baby. Outside girl, Bad Baby. I don't even know how to pronounce that name. Baby. Uh, bad Baby. Yeah. Uh, she turned 20 and she celebrated in her $6 million mansion. Um, this is the girl that went viral for being, uh, the catch me outside girl. And then she, she dropped some videos, got a bunch of, uh, surgery done and she made about $50 million on OnlyFans. Um, so, you know, um, good for her, good for her, man. Like, honestly, like if you can make that 50 mil, if you can make that bag on OnlyFans, do it absolutely. You need, you need a camera person. Let me know. <laughs> good for her. I will make your booty look good. <laughs> with all that so, surgery, I think it already does. <laughs> yeah, I mean with all the surgery. All right, uh, this is another thing. Uh, so in Tennessee, as we continue Hellscape Watch here. Mm-hmm. Um, so Tennessee, oh, we're still on Hellscape Watch. We're still on Hellscape Watch. Not we really. Just, we have some palate cleansers in there. Come yeah, on. I threw some palate in there, but but they're still Hellscapeish. So Tennessee Assembly State Capitol um, post uh, mass shooting in their district. Um, some gun control people were sitting with some Democratic, um, you know, representatives, and they brought them into the house to protest to sort of give their opinion. Uh, and uh, basically, the way that the Tennessee legislature mm-hmm. reacted to that is by expelling. Democratic Congress people. Now, one of the things that 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 um, Justin Jones uh, said, and I'll let him talk see, a little bit. We broke the glass of this chamber that someone that called sacred. sacred. One, of, one the of the members on the other side, side was in tears. I've never, I've never seen, seen such a breach of, of the sacred chamber. chamber. And I and thought, I thought to myself, myself that, that representative has obviously never read, read history. Because, because this isn't this a chamber where you walk around this capital. You'll, You'll see, see bullet holes, holes when representatives, representatives got into, into conflicts. conflicts. 
You'll, you'll see, see duels. So representatives in the Tennessee House have peed on each other's chair. There was a guy that was a convicted pedophile or people that were under federal investigation that didn't get expelled, but they expelled multiple members because they dared to stand for, they dared to stand with people of their district who were pro-gun control that were mad that they weren't doing anything, that they weren't doing anything and that the right to massacre children by having mass massive amounts of guns, uh, is supersedes any any common sense gun control. Are you serious? Yeah. So in Tennessee, the legislature voted 75 to 25 to expel him and other members. So basically they came in, stood with some people that were protesting guns, and they were told, oh, you know what? We're going to just expel you from, from, from the state. That's wild. Tennessee, I don't know what you're doing. Fuck Kansas, fuck Idaho, and fuck Tennessee. All right, so which if you had to, if you had to live in one of those states? Oh, which, nice. which fuck Mary Kill, fuck Mary Kill, fuck, right, fuck Mary Kill, Idaho, Kansas, and Tennessee. Oh my God, they're all so horrible. None. I don't know. Are we actually playing this? Okay, I would fuck Idaho because it's in the name. Mm-hmm. Um, Idaho. Idaho, no you Idaho. Um, Mary, Kansas, cause no wait, Mary Tennessee, cause Southern food. Okay. Yeah, kill Kansas. I think I would marry Tennessee too, because I think the chicks there probably be a little bit hotter than Kansas. Right. Yeah. yeah. I think I think I've seen some like Tennessee voles and some Tennessee girls that are pretty cute. Yeah. My thing is my cousin used to play soccer for the Kansas City whatever the hell soccer team. Mm-hmm. Um so I was like, you know, he did say it sucked there though. So never mind. I have no knowledge of Kansas. <laughs> I have no or Kansas, Tennessee no. or Idaho. You're the only Tennessee. You're the only Tennessee. There you go. I think because right, of, of the memes. All right. Uh all right, let me I'm let me skip through a couple of these here. This one was. Do we have? We'll probably stick to like just a couple of anonymous, huh? Yeah, we have a few anonymous way. Uh, let me just uh, clear some of these tabs here as we go. Thanks for everybody that's sticking with us today. Yeah. Thank uh, oh, this is a funny one. This is a palate cleanser. So, meet the Spanish chef who's elevating Filipino cuisine. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> I, I, what? I was, yeah, no, the, the headline tells it all. Meet the Spanish chef who is oh, elevating no. Filipino. This that is the title. That title. This though. is the. This is our what the caucasity. Uh, uh, so basically, it's. Uh, I'm sure you've been waiting for a Spanish man to elevate the cuisine. Blessed Filipino cuisine has finally arrived. Representation, Jesus. the audacity, la caucasidad. Um, yeah. So the caucasity. The, so basically, what's he gonna do? Is he gonna like <clears throat> deconstruct lumpia? Like, what's he gonna do? He's gonna do like you know pancit sandwiches. I don't know what the hell's gonna happen, but <laughs> but but, but, but it's just it's so fucking it's awesome here in San Diego. We have a huge uh, Filipino community, uh, so we do. It's awesome. Uh, I love it. I love the food. I love the people. You know what? You know what Filipino food is missing? What a Spanish chef. A Spanish chef, a white Spanish yeah, chef. A white Spanish elevated. chef. 
They're elevated to show you how to do it. Yeah. That 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 that's giving like that one uh white girl that moved to Barrio Logan and she was gonna like reconstruct Mexican food to make it all healthy and stuff. Oh and my god. Like, Fuck this bitch. It's giving me Kendall Jenner tequila. Yeah. Uh all right. In the TikTok hellspate hellscape. Mm-hmm. Um TikTok blogger uh faces backlash for selfie near Canadian dad's lane at Starbucks. So this kid is on TikTok. There's a guy arguing with somebody outside of Starbucks. Um, he's on his phone and he, they, the one guy literally starts stabbing the other guy, killed him in front of his children, actually. Uh, and this guy rushed over with a video and literally took a selfie next to a dead, next to the dead body. Whoa. And, was, was like, and then he posted a video about it saying that, uh, the reason that he, um, that he he was nervous because the other guy was still there and he explained his smile by saying that he smiles sometimes when he is uncomfortable mm. yeah we've been here before with logan paul and the dead body in the forest we've done this yeah. kids are stupid kids are stupid all right um, if you indict Trump, where does it end? They will indict every ex-president. Yes, absolutely. Please invite. That'd be great. Yeah, go ahead. Go. We're all for it. Invite yeah. everybody. Biden's breaking laws. Put him in jail. Do it. All of them. Hillary Clinton, please do. All right. So on Twitter, oh wait, did he change it back? What? Oh, oh he had changed the logo to a to the Doge meme. Forever. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, he changed, he changed it, back, it back, but now it, but now it's white. He probably already profited. But he changed it to white. And you know, well, you know what the, the theory behind that is that he was under uh FCC investigation because of pump and dump, because he was Ooh. he was he was he was pumping doge a while yeah. back. And 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 so I think that it was trending. So yeah. he changed he changed it to doge while it was trending to sort of disguise where it was coming from. Mm. Look, tw- I I'm I'm not leaving Twitter because I mean I met Rosa and a bunch of people through Twitter and I I I, I love the the connections that and the communities that I built there, but it it is turning into a little bit of a hellscape. Um, mm. They labeled NPR as state affiliated media. They're trying to charge. They're trying to charge uh, legacy. They changed the wording on blue check marks versus legacy. So now, yeah, now you don't even know. I don't even know if it's because it's legacy or if it's because somebody paying seven dollars a month. Um, so he changed the platform to Doge, um, and now you can. Um, and now the New York Times says they won't pay for Twitter verifications or reimburse uh, impl- uh, reporters. LeBron James. <clears throat> came out and said he wasn't going to pay for it because he was just cheap. And he's like, I ain't paying, you know, fuck yeah. that shit. I, I think there, so I think the ultimate will be a backlash of people just, and Twitter needs these verified accounts to pump out content. Cause that's what people react to. That's what people respond mm-hmm. to. That's what drives conversation. So what people aren't talking about is, you know, they talk about TikTok and the Chinese government and they talk about all these other apps and, and who's owning mm-hmm. them. But uh, when Elon bought Twitter, he had a lot of Saudi Arabian and a lot of a lot of Arab money that was pumping in. So if mm-hmm. the if the conspiracy theory that he's just basically set upon to destroy this is is true, then this is kind of one more sign that that it is sort of he is sort of turning it into a shit show. I mean, why would he do it on purpose, though? He paid so much money. I mean, billions lost. I don't know. But. 
Did you know that um you could get meta verified as well? So on on Instagram, you can pay yeah, for the check mark now. I got yeah, I got the offer as well. What the hell is that? The whole point of a blue check mark is to that you be, got somewhere. Yeah, that you got somewhere. Yeah, that's kind of how you know you made it or you have so you you have so many yeah. fake accounts and other people that are that you need to be verified, you know? So like yeah. if you could just pay for it, then that doesn't that makes it it's payment verified. It's not, yeah. it's not even it. And the way they phrase it, because I got the offer about a week and a half ago, and I was like, they're like, hey, Big Chief Burrito, we'd like to invite you to the blue check mark meta verified. And I was like, yeah. oh, yes, good job. And then with it, and then it even it says, like, all you have to do is have a, a state ID or something. And I was like, yeah. oh, yeah, absolutely. Let's do it. And they're like, and $15 a month. And I was like, yeah. oh, no, no. Yeah. No, thank you. No check mark is the new check mark. Exactly. I'm like, it makes it counterintuitive. It just makes it like not. Yeah. Look, and and if you got $14.99 and you want to be Big Chief Burrito, (laughs) I mean, with a zero instead of an O at the end, like, what a how, like, knock your socks off, I guess. I don't, I mean. Yeah. All right. One more Hellscape watch as we knock these out. And this is Florida. Mm -hmm. Who would have thunk it? Uh, basically Florida is introducing a late amendment to implement a criminal ban on pride events throughout the state of Florida. If anyone present is dressed in drag. So they want to demonize drag so much. Now they've, they've also made it so that you don't even need a gun permit to open carry in Florida, Florida. Oh my God. But now any event that has somebody in drag can be shut down or can be sued so this means you can't go see the Rocky Horror Picture Show. This is basically oh. outlawing. This is basically outlawing Halloween. You can't dress up as a woman for Halloween. That's technically drag. Oh. Uh, you can't do anything that you. I mean, what if I just want to wear a dress? What the hell's wrong with that? Mm-hmm. Like you can't. You can't do it. I want to show off my legs. Is it officially illegal? They're trying to add a late amendment to a law to make it a criminal uh, event. So. This is all. This would li- this would ban live performances of musicals or hair. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, yeah. The, uh, so yeah, you want to talk about you want to talk about fat Batman being a fascist. DeSantis is a fascist. Yeah, he is, dude. Back to back, he's just doing so many freaking bills. The South is trying to outdo each other. They really are. I think Florida's winning because with the book ban, with all the, yeah, no, it's, it's insane. And a lot of this is down to perspective. Like, um, how are you going to ban pride shows and drag shows and stuff like that? Just like, yeah, there was one line. I forgot what the bill was, but it was something about inappropriate for children. And it was like, who that's subjective. Who deems what's inappropriate? Like anyone could go to jail. It's really crazy. Anyway. Hellscape has me tired. <laughs> Are we done yet? I'm tired. <laughs> All right, let me let me save some of these for next week. We should uh, make it like a, a max of three. This is a lot of negativity. Here. There's so much fucking hellscape going on. But right? we can't do this. No. All right. Uh, Trump is already selling uh, T-shirts with his alleged uh, mugshot on it. Oh, yeah, I saw this. Yeah, the funniest part is if you zoom in on the picture it, on the back, it makes it look like he's six foot five. Yeah. <laughs> Oh man! And he didn't even get a picture taken. I mean, Trump Trump got Trump got perp walked in New York, and he got arraigned. He didn't look happy at all. But yeah, <clears throat> you know, there's a lot I of think, content out. I think Andrew Tate is doing the same thing now that he got out. He's doing like he's selling t-shirts as well. <laughs> what is up with all these merch sales? Like it's the first thing they go to. 
Look, we're a little like, backed up on the we're a little backed up on the on the on the hellscape stuff. So I'm gonna save the Andrew Tay stuff till next week. So, yeah, let's do that next there's, week. There's, there's too much. There's too much stuff happening, and we had an already serious topic to talk about today. Uh, I'm gonna yeah. reach out actually to uh, this chick um, because Wrong she doesn't thing? have she she doesn't have a ton of followers. Uh, yeah, Anna Perez, and see if she'll come on the Hentha show and maybe debate. Because she's got a lot of horrible, horrible opinions, uh-huh. um, and I would love to. I mean, you're the one that said we should start. Uh, you should. We should start at some point debating people. Um, so there's a lot of stuff here that she I'm says. Down, but do we want to give her a platform? Do I want to ruin my evening? Uh, we'll think about it. We'll sleep we'll on that one. <laughs> Wait, one of the things there was like, oh, oh yeah, she said transgenders are literally Hitler. That's a hot take. What is going on with people? Why are people okay. so angry? That's not the correct usage of literally, but okay. Yeah, no, they're 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 literally not. No, because my thing is, I want to debate somebody that's a good faith actor, and this person is not it. She she knows what she's doing, and she's profiting off of it. So I'm like, do I really want to give her a voice? Not really. Yeah, I would debate you're... somebody like um, I don't know, somebody who's an actual Republican and like actually believes in view has a viewpoint, not just a reactionary. <laughs> You know, I, I guess it would be fine to just dunk on her, maybe, or just to kind of see what kind of. Bullshit. Yeah, and she can reply. Listen, I'll we can dunk on her all day, and then she can TikTok reply, and we can TikTok reply, and we can have a parasocial relationship. <laughs> and then maybe one day we'll hype it up and we'll debate. But my thing is, she needs the clout, and I don't know that I want to give her a platform. So I don't know, because she's a dumb, ignorant person. Yeah, you know, but she's your Latina sister, sisterhood, yeah. hermanas. No, none of that. No, not with her. <laughs> Hell no. Hell no. You're going to say, what did she say? Trans people are literally Hitler. Yeah, that she's horrible. She's a horrible. horrible no, she's terrible. She's terrible. She's terrible. Trash, right. trash person. All right. Uh, if you're in San Diego and you are in need of a little bit of help with uh, groceries, with some food uh, at all, no matter what your status in, uh, go and follow Magnolia Project on Instagram. Make a appointment Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and Saturday, and they will help you with some groceries. I put the link in the description as well. Uh, our sister Laura is the one that's working for this organization, the Magnolia Project in San Diego. Find out more about them if you are in need. All right, one more story that I wanted to cover, and then we can get on to um, to Nonama's way, and then we'll get out of here. Uh, Angel Reese, LSU versus Iowa in the women's Final Four uh, championship game. So, um, are you familiar with this sort of controversy, Sophia? Uh, I don't think so, no. Okay. So, uh, give me a second here. So, basically, what happened is um, during the NCAA tournament, Mm -hmm. the – give me a second here. Mm -hmm. There's a woman uh, called uh, Caitlin Clark. She is white, (laughs) right? And she is a basketball player. Okay. Are you with me so far? Yes. Yes, I am. A white basketball player, NCAA, yes. So during the tournament, she um, she was doing her thing, and she, this is Caitlin Clark, Oh, okay, yeah. And she made the um she made the 
she made the John Cena face during the middle of a game when she was talk trash talking her opponent, uh-huh. right? And she was doing that. Now in the final, Iowa versus LSU, Angel Reese, um, at the end of the game, uh-huh. when they were basically up by 15 and the game was over, sort of followed her around the court and was mocking her and, and basically being super petty, pointing to yeah. the ring finger, et cetera, et cetera. Twitter sort of exploded about this. And there was a couple of big time commentators like David Portnoy from ba- uh, Ballsack Sports or Barstool Sports, whatever it's called. Uh, Keith yeah. Overman uh, called her classless. Uh, David Portnoy called her a classless piece of shit uh, for basically doing that. And then the the Twitter sort of blew up because they pointed out rightly that Caitlin Clark talked as much trash as anybody during the only difference. Mm-hmm. The only, the only singular point that they have is that when Caitlin Clark did her thing, it was more in the middle of the game, in the flow of the game okay. when they still maybe had a chance to, that could go either way, but either way she was trash talking. She was doing the thing and Angel Reese did it when the game was sort of basically finished. Right. Mm. So it, it is a little bit more petty. I don't think you can call somebody doing that a classless piece of shit. I think that's fucking horrible. And I think the fact that it's a female, it's a black female athlete makes it incredibly horrible to say something like that. Yeah. Giving the, you know, even the Iowa versus LSU thing, uh, demographically black and white aspects of it. Um, so, yeah, did, did this topic sort of hit your your airwaves? No, I think I briefly heard about it at like another, but I, no, no. I'm not even convinced what the order was. Who did it first, the white girl or the black girl? The white girl did it first earlier in the tournament. Okay. Earlier in the tournament. And the black girl's the one that got the backlash. And the black girl did it in the final game against the white girl in the final after they were basically winning the championship. LSU and, and Angel Reese. Of like and she gets backlash. She gets called it. She gets called classless and stuff like that. What's so your take? You 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 are a lot more uh educated on this topic. What, what's your take? This was the first year that I was very interested in the women's tournament because there was like there was chicks punching each other out in like the handshake line. Mm-hmm. There was a ton of trash talking. There was a ton of there was a Okay. There was a there was a ton of of really intense battles going on during during this uh, tournament. So, um, yeah. I loved it. I, I think that it. I think all the trash talking and, and all that makes it great. Um, like I said, my only issue with what she did is that it was at the end of the game. There was the game was over, so okay. it it didn't come off as like a competitive trash talking. It came off as like a petty, petty. Mm. like a petty trash talking like i'm the villain sort of situation but i'm all for it i think we need villains in sports and 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 we give and men who do that never get as much shit as she did for it yeah that's what i was gonna say in the men ncaa i mean no one was trash talking directly but there was a lot of freaking like like and i was like that dude is such a douche like in my head right but i'm like he's not in the news (laughs) Right. So basically, like if somebody from Connecticut, when the game was out of hand with like two minutes left, was going up to SDSU players and was like, ooh, like you'd be like, all right, all right. Yeah, I get it. You won. Thank you. But it's not like, oh, you classless piece of shit. No, nobody would. 
Exactly. The wor- it's the worst thing that's ever happened in sports. Oh yeah, my god! Yeah, yeah. nobody, like, oh. nobody would blink an eye. They'd be like, "All right, all right, settle down. Yeah. That's a little it. petty, a little petty." But that. so, so what? So she was a little petty. All right, shit gets deeper. So, oh my Jill god. Biden, Jill Biden mm-hmm. is at the game, and um, she basically, you know, what happens when you win the NCAA tournament or you win the Super Bowl? You go to the White House and you have dinner and they take your picture and stuff like that. That's what winners get to do. Mm -hmm. So Jill Biden, after the women's NCAA final, says, oh, we'd love to have LSU at the White House. But, oh, Iowa played such a great game. We, I'm going to talk to Joe and about having Iowa come to the White House as well. What? That's literally why is this being blown so out of proportion? And why are they being why? (laughs) So, so basically, like SDSU, right? So, obviously, UConn is going to go to the White House because they won, right? Uh So, do you think SDSU would accept an invite knowing that they lost because they played a good game? I mean, accept, sure, but like, should they? No, what the hell. Right. So that's kind it's of Jill's Biden's fault, though. Like, why is she even extending an invitation out of what pity and for what? Like, this is so blown out of proportion. I'm just kind of like baffled that it's even a thing. Why? Because it seems racist and sexist. It's a, it's a, yeah, it's, it's, it seems it like seems, it's race and and it's just it's racist and this, sexist. Yeah, it's like this poor little white girl. Um, She played so good. She's such a good player. If they she, were dudes, this would not be. She got beat. By the, she got beat and made fun of by the mean black girl. Let's all Joe. Can we invite her to the? Can we invite her to the White House too? Um, Caitlin Clark actually came out and said, "We're not going to the White House. That should only be for winners." Um, Thank you, Caitlin yeah, so Clark. She, and she said herself she didn't have an issue with what uh, Angel Reese did. So thank you. Oh my God. Now the funny thing about this is that Jill Biden tried to go before the game into the LSU locker room to give them like a pep talk. And as a team, they were like, nah, we're good. <laughs> this just makes Joe Biden, Jill Biden look bad. Yeah, it's a bad look opinion. for Joe Biden. It's like, a bad look. They, like, look, listen, Jill Biden, anytime that you're looking worse than Kamala Harris, you're you're fucking you're up. doing something wrong. Yeah. You're doing, you're doing you're doing something wrong. You don't invite the losing team to the White House because they played a great game. That's just no. That's just uh what's the word I'm looking for? Like uh what is that thing? Like belittling or like yeah, I guess we're literally yeah, yeah. belittling the win of the yeah, yeah winning yeah. team. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. So uh yeah, big controversy, black and white issue, racism alive and well in America. More health I life. thought we cured racism with the Pepsi commercial. We are, we did, we did. <laughs> uh and also Caitlin said uh, Angel Reese says they're not going, they're not they're not going. They said they'd rather go visit the Obamas. So- oh, <laughs> So <laughs> yes. So they might oh, not even they might not even hero. go to the they might not even go to the White House. You know, because of the way they were treated. Can't nobody blame her. It's fine. It's fine. Jill Biden. Ah, <sighs> Jill Biden. Jill Biden. Fucking up. Yeah. Fuck. You're fucking up, Jill Biden. Yeah. Doctor Jill Biden. She done fucked up. Well. All right, hold on. Let me clean this up here for a second. What are you doing in that little screen? Oh, I see. Okay, okay, cool, cool. Closing stuff. Yeah, closing stuff like a mofo. All right, let's do this. Let's get out of here. (laughs) 
What's now it's time for No Namas Way. No Namas Way. No Namas. All right. How many do no, we have? Everybody's favorite. No Namas Way. I'm sorry. Right? Okay, okay. Two hours, 30 minutes. We got this. Wait, uh, how many do we have though? Because I was going to say we don't have to do all of them. We could just do like two or three depending on how long we riff. Uh, let's see what we got. Let's see what we got. All right, let's see what we got. All right. Uh, we have five responses here. We should be able to handle it. It depends. If one of them goes a little long, then I say we cut it off and leave some for next week. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We shall see. All right. First question comes from Jump the Gun. It says, sorry, guys. I thought you were a podcasting couple. Seems like there's a bunch of these these days. Oh, I think this is a person from last year. That, that oh, last- thank you for following up, <clears throat> bud. Sorry, guys. I thought you were a podcasting couple. Seems like there are a bunch of those these days as well. Side question. What is the youngest age each of you would date? Love that. Wait, what's the name? Um, Jump the Gun. Jump the gun. Thanks for following up. Uh, uh, Kindly. Thank you for watching. Thank you for following up. Yeah, we were confused. We were like, what is he saying? (laughs) Are they saying? We don't, I don't know. Um, No, I totally agree. Actually. Okay. So I do listen to a lot of podcasts, right? Um, It's kind of an issue. Uh, Two of which are couples podcasts and they're like become, they're becoming a thing. Yeah. Um, And it's just like you be, and now I have a parasocial relationship with all these couples because I'm so invested. (laughs) it's a thing um yeah no i I love it though but yeah no uh youngest like officially date that i have dated like it has to be you have dated right what is that you would what is the youngest age each of you would date would date would date okay oh okay because i was like have dated i've never gone below two and above two um years but would i think I think my personal preference is if I, it's like four years up, four years down. If I could have gone to high school with you, we're within the same, uh, you know, awareness, like social awareness space, I guess, when it comes to like, you know, shows and all of that. So I tend to have more in common with them. But as I, as I grow older, I'm becoming more open-minded into dating older people and, I think my hard my hard age is when it comes to lower. I don't think I would go below 25. I just don't think I would. I a low situation? No, I mean listen, if I'm you know, respectfully, if I'm out at a club and I see a 23, 24 year old, you know, and that's fine, but when it comes to dating, it's just it's it's see I don't know. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a difference in I don't know. But then again, I don't want to discriminate. I'm like, if there's like a 22 year old that has gone through shit and they're really seasoned and, but even then it just feels weird. Like that's such a huge difference. I don't know. I feel like I wouldn't go below 25. And as of now, I wouldn't go above 35. Well, date, date would mean like 25, 35, introducing them in as like your, you know, my, this is my, this is is a difference who I would make out with. Right. And have fun with versus date date. Date date is like 2535. There you go. We've we figured it out, folks. 2535. And as I grow older, that goes up a year. <laughs> I think, I think, I think date date. I think um what is the math is what half your age plus seven is right. It's supposed to be. So for me, that would be 30, I think. But I'm gonna go with Sophia's number. I'm gonna go 25 to 35. 25. 
Honestly, though, like, I feel like that's a solid age range. I even if you know what, the age doesn't have to even shift with my age. I feel like I would always yeah. and forever stick with 25, 25 to 35 to, but, <laughs> but you know what? 45 year olds are starting to look appealing now. So it's like, I don't know you guys, it's whoever I meet. I don't yeah. know the person that I'm going to meet and I don't know how I'm going to vibe with them. I think if it's the right person, all of these rules that I'm putting for myself, they can go away. Cause I also, I also prefer dating Latinos, but if I meet a white person that I like, even though, you know, I don't like, you know, <laughs> conquistadores, but, but I'm just saying that I would be open to all that. I have dated white people. I have dated black people. I have dated brown, purple, yellow, everything. So I'm open to anything. It just depends on the person. All right. Uh, yeah, no, I think uh, 25 is probably the hard bottom for me in terms of dating somebody. Uh, what was it? 20 what? 25, 25, 25, but I don't discriminate, I, I, you know, like, Hey, if it 20, love is 20, love. If it happens, it happens. Hey, 22 year old. And her father was chubby and she's got a, you know, a, a little, little daddy fetish. Please, thing. No, no, I'm not turning. I'm not, I'm not turning down. Uh, no, absolutely. There's a difference between fun and conceptual sex and dating and dating. Because once yes. you're dating, then that power dynamic comes into place. And then, you can be cute. So you can fuck an 18 year old. Just don't marry one or else you're going to get, you know, you're going to get torn up. You're going to get messed we could up. Rework, we could rephrase that, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I understand fuck, the sentiment. You can fuck 18 to 25 year olds. You just can't have a relationship with them because it, then it's problematic, right? Consensually and respectfully people. Yes. Please. You can consensually and respectfully fuck them. And if they want to be fucked by you. You can do that. That's 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 because you're if not you're taking a, if not you're taking away their uh their their power, right? They they have the, their agency, their agency, right? You can't mm -hmm. take away their agency, right? Yes. But in, in terms of dating, and also I am 45, but I dress and act and move very much like a 30-year-old. So got, I, 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 I 30s vibes. Yeah, I don't I don't I don't really, I don't really vibe with 45 year old ladies. I, 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 I don't like, I can be corporate Lou or like adult Lou, but I'm just more me. I, I don't, I think it's just a number for me and stuff like that. So I, obviously that has something to do with, I don't know, being stunt. I don't wear suits. I wear, I, you know what I mean? Like I'm not, I don't have a 45 year old vibe. But you know what? It also doesn't have to do so much with the age as much as it is just the lifestyle that you live. Because right. also I've met, I've dated female mothers who, you know, have children at 20, young 20s. Right. Um, and, and, and they are very different. And so anyway, um, you don't have children. You are a single man who has a youthful vibe to him, you know? So it's right. like, you're going to vibe with people that have that same I mean, well, I have a yeah, but I know you do have a stepson, yeah, yeah, yeah but yeah, yeah. you know but what I mean, yeah, 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 yeah. All right, so thank you for not jumping the gun, jumping the gun. Uh, Thanks, again. All right, next one comes okay. with us. These are pretty quick. Uh, uh, the next one comes with us from a good worker. All right, hi, a good worker. How do you deal with a coworker who has always? How do you deal with a coworker who always has you cover for them by clocking in and out, et cetera, and making excuses where they are really just goofing off, taking extra long breaks, and have figured out how to gain the system to work the minimum amount necessary and be around only when the bosses check in? Oh. They literally know when they have time to nap because the company is so predictable. And even though we are not union, has no fear of losing their job. I could very easily fuck their world up, though. Should I? 
or should I join the dark side and then no one gets work done because then it would be super obvious that our department is lagging. Hmm. Ooh, that's rough because it sounds like you're picking up the slack. Yeah, if you're um, up the slack then. If you're picking up the slack, then I say all's fair in love and war. But but if you're not picking up the slack, then don't be a hater and snitches get stitches. All right, just join the dark side and <laughs> nap as well. I mean, it seems like you're upset that your friend is uh, seizing the means of production. Yeah. Listen, if the company is so ass backwards that you only need to do a certain amount. Listen, any desk job or work job is figuring out what the minimum amount of work that you can do and just browsing the Internet and checking your phone the rest of the time. Right. That's what that's what corporate work is. That's what office work is. Mm-hmm. There's very few people unless they're frontline workers or customer service or people that are continuously forward facing that have to work eight hours a day. Most people work two to three hours and the rest of the time is just spending time. So if your friend has figured out exactly how much it takes to be able to fly under the radar, um, then you can do that. If it's an individual, listen, if not, then, then, then you, then make it a point to, to point out to your supervisor that you're excelling and just try to get to a management position and get the fuck out of the trenches. You know, because obviously if you're if the other people are lagging and it's sort of some sort of production based job. But if it's like, a, hey, this team of people has to get this done and they're like, eh, and then you're like, but I'm over here working, actually working my ass off. Yeah, that that's where it kind of sucks. I can understand you being pissed, but either make it a point to have them recognize your individual efforts so that you can get moved up. Um, Don't hate the player, hate the game, you know, mm-hmm. or, you know, or unionize. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I don't know that we helped a lot. It's just, yeah, yeah. I, looking, I mean, don't snitch. Just you listen. Don't. Just you don't have to snitch, but you don't have to go out of your way to cover up for them. To just be like, hey, listen, man. Uh, I heard they're putting cameras up or they're checking time punches. I, I don't think that I should clock you in and out anymore. Or listen, like set some boundaries if it's like that. Just be like, hey, listen. I don't mind you doing your thing, but that's kind of like not my style. So, um, you know, I'm not going to say nothing, but I don't want to be complicit in it. Mm-hmm. if that makes sense and just kind of just set some boundaries for yourself if they feels like they're taking advantage of you and they're using you to do all the work then it's different from they just figured out how much the minimum is that they need to do to get by if that makes yeah sense. yeah no i agree they're two separate things if you're being taken advantage of then i think that you know you could take some action i wouldn't want to get the person fired but maybe yeah like lou said do a little powerpoint presentation and go to your boss and be like this is all the productivity that i'm bringing to this company maybe i can get a raise maybe i can get moved up something like that um but if it's not hurting anyone then listen in this economy let him do his thing. Understand. Maybe he needs a nap. Yeah. You take a nap too. <laughs> good luck. Uh, a good worker. All right. Vain girl says, hi, Vain girl. Uh, hi, Vain girl. What, what's up with the false eyelash trend? Some look as thick as dense. It bat wings. They're being worn 24 seven, not just special occasions. I overheard women at the gym saying their friend got an eye infection from the glue and can't put anything on her eyes for four months. Not even mascara. So she can heal. Ay, pobrecita. Uh, do men find these fake appendages attractive? Ooh, Lou, do tell, do you? Fake eyelashes, like the fake, listen, as somebody blessed <laughs> with beautiful eyelashes, um, I can't relate. Uh, yeah. but, <laughs> um, I don't know, man. L- listen, uh, I always said that I hate, that I, that I hated, uh, 
makeup and my mom always used to make fun of me and say, Ay, me vas a traer una toda pintada a la casa. Like, mm-hmm. he's like, you say you hate makeup, but then most of the girls that I've dated have really not used a lot of makeup. I really don't like, I don't, I you really, really do stick to that actually. Yeah. In yeah, practice. Like, like I, like I don't really fuck with like super caked ultra, on. ultra caked on. It just, it doesn't do it for me. So for me, no, I don't, I don't enjoy anything. I don't like the surprise in the morning. Yes. You know, and I don't and I don't like the it takes you an hour and a half to apply the face for us to go anywhere situation. No, but that's that's the that's that would be the reasoning for women doing that is the now now women are getting either their eyelashes permed like, you you know, it's, it lasts like three months or whatever. But that's like your natural eyelashes or you can get fake falsies. Mm-hmm. Um and that's always been a thing that is just becoming. More yes. Popular you, so some girls apply it every day. And other women actually get like the ones that last a while, but they look yeah, so dark and they, yeah. no, but they look so, so, so heavy on their eyes. Heavy. Yeah. So I know you didn't ask my perspective, but hello. Hi, I'm a bisexual woman who also likes women, um, femme females mainly. Uh, and I don't like that. I don't, I don't like how it looks. I think that the perm is, looks good. But I don't like the when it looks super dark, like just very just like night. I think that night makeup is for the night. And then if mm. you wear it during the day, I don't like how it looks necessarily. Yeah. Yeah. So from a, you have two different perspectives there. Me, I'm a naturalist. But there's probably you guys that are like, yeah, fucking put all that shit on there. Just, you know, yeah. Yeah. You know, you know taste, taste their own. I, I want to see no filter. I don't mind some makeup, but for some reason, the really dark fake eyelashes, um, I I don't vibe with them. I don't care for them. What is your least favorite uh, makeup accessory that a girl can sort of add? What is what is your least favorite? Currently, cur- I don't know about accessory, but currently there's something that's in style is, um, fuck, what's that called? Your eyebrows. They're it's called wow what's it called ah. smoky eye no eyebrow uh lamination laminating your eyebrows um i had this conversation with a coworker because like yeah she loved the laminate the laminated look and i don't like it at all like i just it's when it's literally when when women who have like maybe less thick eyebrows i have very thick eyebrows but no. like they they literally no, but they no. literally like laminate it and like it goes up and it just kind of looks like you put hairspray on it and it just mm. looks like it's stuck there and it, it I just don't like it. I I'm ready for that trend to pass. Would you rather would you rather have that or would you rather have the tights the tattooed eyebrows? Tattooed eyebrows, one hundred percent. Because sometimes yeah. you can't even notice. Sometimes they're so good you don't even notice them. Really? Mm. Yeah. If you get if you get them done right, you know, sometimes you don't even know. They put them too high and they always look surprised. Well, now you're talking about Sharpie eyebrows. I mean, let's not do that. Let's not go back to the Chola days. Look, I do have a Chola. What about you? So you do? Yeah, I do. Yeah, that's yeah. I don't I don't mind that. I don't I don't yeah, I don't mind like a like a good pinup or like a a good chola like fucking look. Absolutely. That'll get me. That that makeup look will get me. Okay. 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 We're learning so much about tell your tell your friends. So uh, good luck. So yeah. So yeah. So there. You know, do what you want. But yeah, it seems kind of. I guess it was a no for us. Yeah, my least favorite. If I had to say my least favorite accessory, probably be like super long nails, Mm. or um, I don't know. I don't know. Wigs. I don't know. I don't care about wigs. You can do wigs if you can do wigs right. Do them. I don't care. Some people like that. Yeah. All right. Thank you. 
thank you for stopping by, Vangirl. Appreciate it. Thank the you, Vangirl. All right. We got two more here, short ones. Pasta. Uh <laughs> that's an interesting name. Pasta. Pasta. Uh, you love someone and you love working with them, but they don't know how to hire others and keep bringing toxic people to the team. What do you do? Ugh. They don't know how to hire others and keep bringing toxic people to the team. Oh, man. I have so mm. many follow-ups. Is there anything you can do, first of all, other than talk to that person and be like, hey, maybe <laughs> don't do the hiring. <laughs> maybe be a better uh, judge of character. Is there anything you realistically can do? Uh, listen, I, admit, I have a corporate answer and then I have a friend answer. From a corporate standpoint, sometimes there's people that are in positions to hire people that it's like the Peter principle. They got promoted from their job because they were they were good at the at the previous job. So if you have a good factory worker and they're really good at being a factory worker or something, or they're really good at making calls. Yeah. and stuff like that and all of a sudden you put them in charge in a management position and sometimes those people aren't really good managers they just happen to be good at at the at the task but they're not necessarily good at managing other people or hiring and firing other people i've seen that a million times so being a leader and being good at managing people and being in a position of power are sometimes not the same thing and they don't necessarily have to always coincide so they could just be bad at that part of their job yeah you know you could care about them they could be an awesome person they could be your friend but they just could be bad at that part of their function. Um, so in my opinion, the best thing to do is um, basically ask them about the process. Mm -hmm. Like you were wanting to learn. Don't come at it as like, Hey, how come you hire horrible people, but just be like, you know, can I ask you a little bit about the process and how you decide to bring people onto the team? And then maybe in having them break down those steps for you, you might be able to see where something is wrong and then you can offer some constructive criticism. If you love them and you have a good relationship and you approach that in the right way, that's the only way you can have that conversation without coming off as accusatory. So can you talk to me about your process and how you decide to hire people? Do you do research? Do you do background checks? Do you, what is just a vibe? Do you just, can you talk to me a little bit about that? Oh, blah, 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 blah. All right. Well, uh, you know what? Because, I just noticed the last couple of times, if I, you know, we have this relationship that these people that you brought on really, even though they might seem qualified, they were actually mm -hmm. a little toxic for the workplace or these incidents. So I just kind of wanted to see if we could, if you would be open to me finding out about it so that I can sort of give you my opinion. Yeah, that works. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> And, you know, because anything, any other approach is going to make it seem like you're nitpicking or you're being a hater, you know? Yeah, you have, you definitely have to present it with evidence. Definitely. So, oh man, that's yeah. hard. Good luck. Yeah. yeah. You know, yeah. worst case scenario, you're going to be like, hey man, I don't like the way you're doing stuff or hey lady, hey friend. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm I uh, either we need to have a talk about this or I'm going to go build my own team somewhere else or something. I don't know if that's even a possibility, but at some point you got to put your foot down. If, if yeah, if there's absolutely nothing you can do or you already tried everything and you know, you got to go, then you got to go. All right. And lastly, we have another follow-up. So we'll knock this one out here. Ah, okay. All right. Uh, Was the details from the last week's question? 
Yeah, we do have another details from the last question. Okay. Look at us. Look at our look at our people following up. Homie still moping like they shot his dog. Oh, this is the guy that was friend that we asked for. Oh, follow. right. We yeah, we were like, give us details. Okay. Oh, but there's actually one other short one that I like to do. Okay. Um, updating Ooh. you on. I mean, we're already in for it. Uh, updating okay. you on my boy who has very sad about a breakup and moopy. It was his first real girlfriend. Okay. They met at university second year and we're still together till they graduated. Okay. She went back home and dumped him during the summer for her old high school boyfriend and got pregnant like super fast. And he started stalking her Instagram pretty hard for a while until we found out that was almost a year ago. And he still won't go drink with us. I told him to watch swingers, but he said it was problematic. (laughs) (laughs) All right. All right. I think our take has fully switched then, right? This is sad. It's been a year. Are you kidding me? Oh, so from second year. So if they were together from sophomore year until they graduated, that's at least two, two or three years. So they were forgetting, let's say three years. You graduate from college. She goes back home, immediately gets back together with her old high school boyfriend and gets pregnant. Pregnant. And gets pregnant after you've been together for three years. She's in a different space fully. And it's been a year. She said, thank you very much for the college, college romance. But I'm out. Get over it. Oh my gosh. I'm really? sorry. You're, you're, you're trying to get over it? That's a tough one. That's a tough it's one a, to get over. It's a tough one, but that's it's a, also that's a like rough one. But it's so unhealthy to be this depressed and this mopey for a year when yeah, someone has the when the other yeah, person has already moved, moved on. on they've moved, moved on. They pretty clearly moved they, on. <laughs> <laughs> like it's just sad at this point. I, I'm not saying get over it and your feelings are invalid. I'm just saying seek no. seek help. Maybe go to therapy. Maybe look, actively look. do things to make you feel better because you're dwelling on something that it has ended and she has moved on. She's living a different life. Like, dude, that's unhealthy. Go go to therapy, please. Look, I please. will say that this would have helped in the initial question because this really you you were kind of making it seem like they were just being mopey for no reason. Yeah, we were we were like, give them the benefit of the doubt. Be a good it's ex- friend. It's, no. ex- it's excessive moping. It's excessive moping, but there is that's a lot of trauma right there. If you were Go with somebody for three, if you were with somebody for three years mm-hmm. and then they dump you and immediately are with somebody else and pregnant, that is that is rough. Mm-hmm. I can I feel that person's pain. But if it's it's what is it? One month for every year. So if you were done for three years, that's three months of moping, and you're like seven months past that. Yeah. So 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 yeah, that's a tough one. Do some therapy, do whatever you need to do to get your yeah. mentals correct, but it's time to get back out there. So it's yeah, time you need to, to start- do something about it. Like you can't be moping anymore, you know what I mean? Like and it, it seems unhealthy because he's like he said he won't even go out to drink with them or hang out. Yeah. And it's like, dude. <laughs> You're you're pausing your go. life. You're in this depressive you state. You stop stalking Over, your ID. Yeah, stop, stop it. It's not healthy. Stop, stop trying to figure out if the kid's yours. She don't care. It doesn't matter. <laughs> doesn't matter. Uh, yeah, he needs to do something about it. I mean, you're being a good friend just by submitting this and trying to see if there's anything you can do, and by proposing the whole swingers movie. And then it seems like he told him about it, so that's funny. Um, yeah, he needs. I mean, I, exactly, it's from the 90s, and from the 90s, I, so. I think it's just I think it's just him being like, no, I don't want to do anything. Like, let me just mope. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But you're past your moping phase. Yeah, you got to get over it, man. You got to you got to yeah. active step. So I would say trick him into going someplace, or you know, get him go go to like a taco fest or something with him. Hey, let's go get some tacos. Like, and just throw him the, in the car. 
Here's the thing, though, is like, sadly, what he's doing is he's pushing his very supportive friends away because at one point it's been a year. Right. So at one point, are are his friends not going to want to be around him? And then he's going to have lost not only his ex-girlfriend, but all his friends. And then he's going to be even more depressed. And then that's how suicide happens. So sorry to make it dark, but it's like, dude, seek help. Go to therapy, please. So thank you very much for the follow up and for the additional information. We appreciate that. And you're doing the right thing. Keep at it. You're doing awesome. You're being a good friend. All right. One more time here. All right. Last one. And we're going to get last one. And we get anyway. This is a good one. Uh, This is a cool one. All right. Uh, This one comes to us from anonymous. No name here. Okay. Uh, You can only take five pieces of physical media on a desert island for one year. They can be full series DVDs or film trilogies or box sets or album anthologies for one artist or filmmaker's library. What do you do? You must take one audio, one TV, and one film at least. That's no. That's too many rules, bro. We're three hours in. I'm tired. All right, let's just take that. What you can take five That's pieces of, of physical media on a desert island. What are, what are five movies? What did they say? One audio, one visual. One oh, basically, you, you can take lot of one. Emergent. You can be like, oh, I want to take my Bad Bunny collection, or I want to take, you know, my Selena collection, or something like that. You know, that would be like one audio thing. You could take five. one one movie series. You could take like the Harry Potter movies. No, I get it, but yeah, that's just hard. Five. Five things. All right. I will. Let me see. I'll go first here. So, you go so you first. Can, all right. Let's see. All right. Uh, I would take. Uh, uh, let me see. I would take the. I would take the Martin Scorsese filmography. If oh, okay. Like, if we can just no no no, we can't do uh, one director. Uh, <laughs> a million well, movies. Uh, he said series trilogies. You know. Okay. Lord of the Rings. I don't know. I don't I know. Uh, I guess uh, maybe, I mean, the Scream franchise, maybe? That would be one a good one. That, that, That's what I was thinking, that. too. Uh, probably definitely the Godfather trilogy, because uh, I love watching the Godfather. Maybe Scream for some horror. And maybe, like, the Monty Python movies for some comedy. And then series-wise, uh, maybe... Uh, I don't know. What's a great long-term series that had like a lot of seasons, maybe like the office or not friends, obviously. I was thinking how uh, I Mary mother. That's a lot. When I haven't still haven't seen that one. Uh, oh. If Dr. Who's got like 30 seasons, right. Or Dr. Yeah. <laughs> Grey's Anatomy. Imagine Grey's Anatomy. <laughs> uh, maybe, maybe the office. That's a pretty good one. And then musically uh, probably, I don't know. Um, Mozart. Like, uh, Mozart. Let's listen to Mozart over and yes. over. I don't know. <laughs> over and over. That's I was probably so. say, let's say uh, <laughs> Gazuntite. I don't know, like a tribe called Quest or something. Something, okay. something, something island, yeah. or maybe okay. like Bob, Bob Marley collection or something. Like Ooh, that. you're in an island. Why not? You're in an island. Why not? Yeah. All right, All right Sophia. Oh man, this is still hard. And you know what? Whatever I say, don't hold me to it. I, I could change by the day. Um, I hate to copy you, but scream, scream for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh man. I'm between How I Met Your Mother or Community. Mm. I love Community. Maybe Community. I'll take Community. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Scream. I, I, I fucked up on my show. I'm taking Aqua Teen Hunger Force instead of. The- oh, very cool. Yeah, 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 that's a good one. Yeah, yeah. like 15 seasons and um, a lot of shows. Bad Bunny has uh ruined my life in the last two years, three years. Sure, I'll take Bad Bunny. Baboni. Baboni. 
even though he's canceled. Um, movies. I think you got it really well with the Godfather, mm-hmm. but I don't want to copy. So let me see if there's anything else. I said scream already. I'll say Harry Potter. I mean, I just love him. I just love Harry yeah, Potter. Sure. That's not bad. Well, no, actually, fuck, 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 fuck. I know what you're going to say. Because I was <laughs> books. I was like, I didn't even think of books. I'm like, it would be the Harry Potter books. Harry Potter books? That's not bad. I didn't even think Not books. the movies. I thought you were going to say Twilight. <laughs> I've never read those. <laughs> I heard they're good. Um, So maybe the Harry Potter books. But when it comes to movies... I don't know. I got to think about this. This is so mm. hard, you guys. This we'll, is so we'll, hard. Ask, we'll go deeper into it. If we'll we could, pick, if we could take a full filmmaker's filmography, I would take uh, Martin Scorsese's. And if you could pick one writer's, I would take Stephen King's. That's, that's awesome. Like, you got books for days there. Oh, oh, or Mike Michael Flanagan, Mike, Mike Flanagan, all the hauntings and Ooh, uh, Midnight Mass, like everything by Mike Flanagan has been. Mwah, just I would I yeah I binge watched I saw Midnight Mass and A Haunting of Hill House like three times and Bly Manor twice like <sighs> Michael so Michael good. Crichton he wrote all the the Jurassic Park books Congo and Drama to Strain a lot of good books as well Ian Fleming all the James Bond books that's a good one yes. that's an interesting question there's just so many this is such a good question I feel like we should probably talk about this every episode <laughs> we would have a different answer. All right. So all right. Uh, let's see. All right. I Great question. You. Holy shit. Good question. Question. We'll we'll go deeper into it. I want to thank uh, our guest today, uh, Rodrigo from Beta and uh, yes. Alex and Sandra, their team. Incredible talk. Serious topic. Please go follow uh, them. Go follow them and go watch Me Mataron Tres Veces wherever you see it and follow their progress. Rosa Parra for stopping by. Everybody that stopped by. Um, we did another long show. Yeah, um, and, and there's still people with us. So thank you if you stuck around this whole time. Yeah, Appreciate it. Thank Don't you very much. Hey, you know what? We're going to give you a look. This is for you. This is for sticking around. <laughs> Messing around with some new, uh, some new, some new things. The cool. transitions here. Ah, thanks to you. Uh, oh, yeah. Hey, Cyro, I love you. Thank you, Cyro. Cyro, thank you for being here, Cyro. We should have her on. You should be on. Well, we're we're supposed. She's still her and um, Lizzie were supposed to come on and do uh, a bit about um, celebrity, not celebrity, about fictional character zodiac signs. Oh that was, yeah, that, that was my idea. We still have to do She that. can come on and do a reading with us some point. She can the astrology use queen. She can come on anytime. You know, she's got an open door policy. All she has to say is, I want to come on. I'll shoot her the link and then we'll go from there. All right. Claudia, everybody, we love you. Thank you for stopping by. We're about to hit three hours. So, yeah, right on three hours. Hasta luego. Peace out. Vamos, papá, hay que irnos. Me estoy aguantando desde que pusieron el domo. ¿Puedes despegar? Muchas personas trabajaron en esta película y solo quieren que se aprenda sus nombres de memoria. Y yo quiero asegurarme de que ningún animal resultó lesionado durante las imágenes de esta película. ¡Listo! ¡Uy, palomitas en el suelo! Pero parece que Maggie tiene algo que decir. Pero por eso, su primera palabra.